Ladies and gentlemen, what's up? This is today's Tuesday, October 3rd. This weekend, the 6th, I will be in Las Vegas at the Mirage with uh, Ian Edwards. All of the money for the show, all of it, is going to the uh, Las Vegas Victims Fund. Um, it is uh, it's a GoFundMe fund that's set up for all the victims of uh, the shooting this past weekend. That's um, this uh, this Friday, October 6th. Uh, JoeRogan.net forward slash tour. A lot of other dates coming up. I'm going to be in Los Angeles for New Year's. Um, I'm going to be in... I'm fucking everywhere, man. Go check it out. Check it out! This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. If you've heard me talk about Squarespace before, um, you're not going to be shocked by what I say because I think it's an amazing service. What what it is is it's an ability. It gives you the ability, rather. It's a service that gives you the ability to make your own website. Not just make your own website, but make a fucking killer website yourself. It, it used to be such a pain in the ass, and now it's so easy. It's amazing what technology has done for us, ladies and gentlemen, but Squarespace has got it nailed. It's a beautiful service. You get a free online store with every website, and there's an easy-to-use drag-and-drop user interface that makes it simple for even for dummies like me. All you have to do is, if you know how to move files around on a computer, you know how to drag-and-drop, you know how to you know attach a photo to an email, shit like that, you can make a kick-ass website. You get a free domain name. If you sign up for a year, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful fucking service. And um, any idea that you have, you can turn into a website. Simple and easy. They have award-winning templates. They have 24-7 customer support. Uh, and powerful e-commerce functionality. You can sell anything online. You have the ability to customize the look and feel, settings. And also, here's the thing. You don't have to fucking download anything. It's really simple. You don't have to uh, upgrade ever. Simple. Nothing to patch ever. Free and secure hosting. Yes. Yes. Built-in search engine optimization. It's a fucking amazing way to make websites. And you can try it out for free. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code Joe to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Ooh. Do, 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 do. We're also brought to you by stamps.com. Stamps.com is a way for you to send shit through the mail without going anywhere. You don't have to, that line. That line at the post office. You know the line. Ooh, it's gross. It's a soul-sucking line. You stand in that line. You wait. The person behind the counter doesn't give a fuck. No one wants to be there. But you can avoid all that. You can avoid all that, and you can buy and print official U.S. postage with a regular computer and a regular printer 24-7, all day long. You don't have to do it on their time. You do it whenever you can. It's a super, super simple to use system. It's convenient, it's easy, it's reliable, and it is flexible. Stamps.com brings all the services of the U.S. Post Office right to your fingerprint. Fingerprints? Right to your fingertips. 
You know what I'm saying. You can buy postage for any letter, any package, any class of mail using your own computer and your own printer. Official U.S. postage. This is how it works. Stamps.com makes it very easy. They send you a digital scale, which automatically calculates the exact postage. And Stamps.com will even help you decide the best class of mail based on your needs. You don't need to lease any expensive postage meter. Stamps.com is amazing. And right now, you can enjoy Stamps.com service with a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus postage, and a digital scale without long-term commitments. Go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and enter J-R-E. That's Stamps.com, enter J-R-E. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. Again. I like saying again instead of again. Again. Sounds sophisticated. Last one. We're brought to you every episode by Onnit.com. Onnit is a total human optimization company, and uh, if you've heard me rant and rave about the products that we have, uh, I use them every day. Uh, particularly Im- important for me is Alpha Brain. Uh, Alpha Brain is a cognitive enhancing supplement. It is in- essentially nutrients that are the building blocks for human neurotransmitters. All of it's safe. All of it's easy. It's none of it is uh, hard on your system or give you a headache or a hangover or anything like that. And all of it's proven by double-blind, placebo-controlled studies from the Boston Center for Memory. And those studies have shown increase in verbal memory, increase in reaction speed, um, increase in your alpha flow state. How ironic. Alpha flow state. Alpha brain. Get it? But for real, you can check out these clinical uh, trials. You can check out the results online at onnit.com. And it is something that I use for everything. I use it. Every time I do a UFC, which is very important because I have to recall things. I have to recall times where things happened or moves or, you know, we've all been in that situation where your memory is just not at its best. And it's very frustrating to try to like, God damn it, what is that? I do it all the time. This helps that. It helps that in a big way and it helps. It's been proven by double blind placebo controlled studies. We also offer a 100% money back guarantee. We, we don't want your money if you don't think it works. Try it. You don't have to return the product, just say it sucks, and you get your money back. What we're trying to do is sell you the very best stuff that we can find, whether it's Alpha Brain, whether it's New Mood, which is a, a literally a serotonin-boosting supplement that contains the building blocks for serotonin, 5-HTP, and uh, L-tryptophan, along with uh, B12 and adaptogens, all those things that uh, actually allow your brain to better produce serotonin. Again, 100% money-back guarantee. Besides that, we have a ton of great fitness equipment. We have uh, kettlebells and battle ropes, steel clubs, steel maces, and all sorts of things that can that um, that enhance functional strength, strength that you would use in athletics, uh, things that make your whole body move as one unit. Um, I'm a, if you've heard me talk about it before, I'm a huge fan of kettlebells. I think it's probably, if I had to pick one piece of exercise equipment to use for my, the rest of my life, 100% it would be kettlebells because I can do so much with them. Give me a set of different weighted kettlebells, um, you know, heavy to light, and I can get everything done, whether it's back exercises, shoulders, legs. I can do squats with them and windmills. And I just feel like 
it's one of the very best exercises for making your whole body work as a unit and balancing things and moving things. And it just really directly applies to athletics, especially martial arts. Um, we also have the Omni Academy. It's a huge part of the site. Go there and uh, click on the Academy link in the upper right-hand corner of the site, and you're taken to a section of the site that has hundreds of articles on diet, on nutrition, uh, Q&As with influential and interesting people, uh, motivational articles. It's just a bunch of great shit. We also have a real Onnit Academy, a gym, state-of-the-art facility in Austin, Texas, that also has 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu and Bang Muay Thai. So go to Onnit.com. Uh, use the code word Rogan, and you will save 10% off any and all supplements. Okay. All right. My guest today is my good friend Alonzo Bowden. He's a hilarious stand-up comedian. Uh, he won Last Comic Standing, and uh, I've known Alonzo for, shit, 20 years, I think. Somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 years. He's a great guy. I just love him. I always love talking to him, and... Uh, Today was no exception, so please give it up for Alonzo Bowden. Joe Rogan Podcast, check it out. The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan Podcast by night, all day. Boom, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're live, Alonzo Bowden. How are you, man? What is up, Joe? I'm great, man. Somber I'm times. Great. These are the weirdest fucking times ever. R.I.P. to Tom Petty. Uh, I guess we have to say that, too. Yeah. And then, yeah, obviously... It's it's a ridiculous time, and and like everyone's been saying, again, you know what I mean. It's like here we go again, another here we go again, another mass shooting, and the the I think the most disturbing graphic to me was the scorecard. Like they showed, like this guy got fifty eight, and then the guy in Orlando got what forty something, and so because it's like okay, you've just encouraged the next psycho right. to try to set the record. You know what I mean? Like it, like, it shouldn't be... There has to be another way to say it without giving publicity to he killed more than anybody else. Yeah. You know? Well, for everybody who's listening in the future, this is uh, taking place, we're recording this on Tuesday. Uh, the massacre happened in Las Vegas on Sunday. So it's just a couple days ago. And uh, we were just going over all the details of it. I'm, I'm reading online here. He killed 59 people, injured 527, which is just fucking completely insane. I mean, 527 people shot? Is that right? Or is that like, does that count people trampled? I think it, it includes people trampled and injured otherwise. But a, there were a hell of a lot of people shot. I mean, he opened up with automatic weapons into a crowd of thousands of people to where probably, you know, did any bullet hit the ground? Like there were so many people at right. this thing that every bullet probably hit somebody, yeah, you know, probably. At, at, or more than one person. Depending, I don't know the, the power of the ballistics of the uh, weapon, but, oh yeah, he, you he's know, getting, it definitely like bullets could have went through one guy into the next 100%, person and so and on. I'm sure they did. I'm a hundred percent. Um, this guy, first of all, there's a, you know, everybody's, uh, this becomes a big gun control argument, which it should be, right? But uh, one thing that we got to really take into consideration is he had illegal guns. These guns were illegal, I think, for 25 years. So this isn't, um, I don't know how much of this could have been helped by making it more illegal. Yeah, it, it, you know, that's always a debate. First, the first problem is what was going on yesterday when they say this is not the time to talk about guns. Of course it is. And it, it yeah, of course it's the exact time to talk about guns. And 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 
I'm not a gun guy in the sense that I'm not a gun owner, but I get it with guys who are into guns. I always compare it to my love of cars and bikes or, you know, anything mechanical or whatever. I understand it. But but the people, most of the people I talk to who love guns don't have a problem with, like, registration, certainly don't have a problem with education. Right. And and what I call common sense gun ownership. And that there are some guns that I get it you want. There are some guns that, you know, and again, I'm not speaking with any expertise, but from the layman's point of view, it's like, why do you need this semi-automatic military-style weapon in, in uh, you know, don't tell me you have it for hunting right. or anything else. Like, if there's a reason you want to collect it, just like if there's a reason you want to own a race car, right, and somebody says, why do you need a car that does 200 miles an hour? Well, you may have a reason you want that race car, but you don't use it on the street. You can't take it, you know onto the streets and and I think that should be that there should be some kind of rule with that kind of weapon that if yeah, but here's you, the thing it doesn't matter if there's a rule this guy there were plenty of rules yeah this that, guy violated all the rules this that, guy this had, guy did but I'm just yeah. talking about the general attitude towards sales just yeah. the idea that you can walk into a store and buy these weapons it, yeah. it should somehow be more difficult to, you know, and again, this is my opinion, right? But I think it should be more difficult to buy a weapon of that type. Yeah, well, these are all illegal weapons. This guy, this guy yeah, he, shot people he converted people with them to fully automatic, and, and fully automatic's illegal everywhere, right? Here's what's fucked up about this guy. This guy didn't have a criminal record. He had no army training, no religious or political affili- affiliations. No one has any idea what his motives were. He was wealthy. He's a big-time high roller, which is how he got this giant suite in Vegas. I mean, it is fucking bizarre. Did you see his brother get interviewed? Yeah, yeah, and and it, it's well, it's that's the w- thing about this. That's the thing about this kind of insanity, right? There is usually no outward, like that. Like, how many people are like this in this country that we don't know about? Yeah, you know what I mean. That have as and particularly if you're wealthy. If you're wealthy, it's so much easier to hide it. Right. Because you may have a big house. Right. You may have a compound. You may have a, you know, a camp, uh, a place you go camping in the woods that's actually stocked with, a, you know, a hundred weapons or something like that. I mean, that the randomness of this to me, that is the biggest horror. I, the, yeah. the worst thing about this to me is just the idea like you went to a fucking concert. Right. Like that's all you did. You went to a concert in Vegas and you're never coming home. Your family's destroyed, everything. Yeah. And I mean, and and that is the utter randomness of it that you can't control. Well, that's what's this. terrifying about it, This, which is really strange to me, the definition of terrorist. Nobody's calling this guy a terrorist. Like, what, do you have to be, like, political or religious to be a terrorist? Like, how the fuck, I how is this so. guy not a terrorist? Yeah, this is definitely terror. This is definitely terror because, you know, you know why it's terror? Because now... Are you going to go to a big event in Vegas? Are you going to go to a big outdoor con? You know, Vegas well, does these music festivals. especially a big outdoor concert that's and, in front of these, these towers. Right. And where they, someone could do something like this. And the, and the pools. You know, yeah. they have those giant EDM parties yeah. at the pools all summer that are literally surrounded by the tower of whatever hotel you're in. So, yeah. that, so that's why it's terror, because now you have to be afraid to do that. Well, not only know? that, like, this now they're going to have some sort of screening when you go into hotels which by the way why the fuck didn't they have them already how i've always thought this like the airports are so stringent 
Like you go through the airports, they check your dick. They literally yeah. will pat your dick if you hit a random. You know, yeah. bing. I'm sorry, sir. We got to check your dick. <laughs> You're random. And they literally put the back of their hand, which was really odd to me. That it's okay right. to touch your dick with the, with back, the back of your back hand. Of your hand. <laughs> it's like the less sensitive. They let, well, they get to I smooth your dick down. They get to smooth it down. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but it's so weird. Like, it's okay, sir. I'm just using the back of my hand to touch your dick. Like, they might have had, had them grabbing and some guy was just like, I'm not grabbing a hard dick. Yeah. Like, there's, you know, I doubt it was them. They got a union. The, the other guy. Like, uh, I'm not getting my dick hard by some guy who's looking for a weapon it's just it's weird that they can do that but if you go through the airport right like airports we've decided are places where terror exists right so you have like like i have a tsa pre yeah me and too. i have uh i'm a, a global, entry, global guy, entry and all of and that i have yeah. uh clear yeah. so you could clear is the best clear is the best put where it works yeah you know where it works where they but have yeah, it got, yeah where they have it yeah you just put your fingers down bam mm -hmm. it's got a picture of you go right through it takes two seconds right yeah but that's just a place where we've decided you have terror, right? And now, are we going to decide that you have terror everywhere? No, I don't think so. I mean, for one thing, I, I'm I'm not buying into the hotel argument. Like, there's a bigger issue here than the hotels, and and the issue is the weapons and what can we do about the proliferation? Uh, Say it. Proliferation of weapons. <laughs> proliferation. Proliferation of weapons. Yes. Sorry about that. It's it, early. You start a word, and you go, uh oh, I'm too deep into this word. I got too deep into a word. Now there's no backing out. All the Ugh. damn weapons. No, but that, but that's the issue. The thing about hotels, though, and this being the United States, the privacy issue is huge, right? Your hotel room is basically your home away from home. When do you get what are the privacy rules of checking what you bring into a hotel, what's in your hotel room? Remember, remember the, um, the stoplight cameras, right? Yes. And... They got sued and people got in trouble because they got that picture taken and the wrong person was in their car, right? The, the, that chick wasn't his wife. Is that what or it was? That, yeah, or this guy wasn't his husband. One guy sued because he the picture was taken. The woman wasn't his wife. They send the ticket to your house, right? Bam. He got into a... Yeah, exactly. And and he won the suit in the sense that you're, there's a, a, a level of privacy that's expected in your car. Let me stop you so, there. Do you understand why the, the, it's illegal, though? Because it's it's a third party. It's not actually even the government. Right. They they farmed it off. Right. They, so you they, have some other company that's sending you a ticket and charging you money. Right. For well, that. and everybody was like, "Well, what do you? You guys are having you're hiring people to do this? Yeah, they're commissioning yeah. a place to write tickets. Which but is what illegal. they had to do, they had to re-aim the cameras to only hit the license plate. But that's not true because I got not, one the other day. You got and you yeah. showed you. Yeah, they sent me a picture of me it's, smiling. Well, it's not supposed. to. I got to. a little cocky. Tried to go right on red, <laughs> and it flashed me. But but the point being, in your hotel room, like there's an expectation of privacy, right. and and where is that line drawn? The other well, big it's going to have to be drawn in Vegas because people get freaky in Vegas. Yeah, right. The other big difference, and and I'll tell you a Vegas story about that. That is great. I heard, but the other big difference is when you're on an airplane, you're trapped in that airplane. When you're in a hotel, like you can run, you know what I mean. You can Sorta. run down the stairs. You can you, you really can, though? I you mean, you compared to being in an airplane? Yeah, but I don't I don't know, think it's a valid comparison. Honestly, I mean it's like you're still in a box. You're still yeah, in this you're, big you're building. In, you're in a confined space, but I think it's easier to escape. Now, the thing about about Vegas, this guy told me who was a security guy. He said the thing about the cameras is you you see who's with who. 
And it, there was one particular guy they kept seeing, but he kept bringing transgender hookers to his Uh-oh. room. And like they knew who he was. He was like a famous guy. And right. they were like, yeah, we can we could destroy this guy if we wanted. You know, <laughs> you know wow. we, could, we got because they got cameras everywhere in Vegas. Right. Wow. They know who's coming upstairs right. to your room. They know what room they're going to. So he's to. getting like super obvious transgender yeah. ones. Like, yeah, like the giant ones. Football player yeah. dudes <laughs> size 18 feet. Guys built like you <laughs> with dresses on. So, uh, you know, so I had to give up that hobby. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's the only thing from this podcast that's going to go out viral. We knew it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's another thing that is a giant issue that uh, I haven't heard discussed at all. Mental health. I mean, this is really what this is all about. This is not, I mean, this is a gun issue in in the sense that he used guns. But then is it a truck issue in Nice, France, where that guy just drove into those people? I mean, is it, uh, I mean... There's a ton of different ways to kill people, yeah. and I'm sure we're going to see more of these fucked up ways in the future. Yep. But the real issue is a mental health issue. Now, this guy's dad was uh, a psychopath. He was a serial bank robber. He spent eight years on the FBI's most wanted list. Here's the question, right? Like, is that genetic? Like, does that transfer over? Like, how it, does that work? It could be genetic, or it could be that psychological thing of I want to outdo my dad, right? <laughs> this this guy could be, I mean, no, this guy's a millionaire, right? And so on, like, so he, he's obviously a high achiever, but he could have that hole. I'm not kidding. He could have that hole where he always wanted to do something bigger than his dad or he wanted some approval, you know what I mean? Some weird yeah. kind of approval thing. Yeah, that I guess pushed, that's just speculation, right? I mean, who yeah, I mean, knows? you could speculate, a, you know, a bunch. Our mental health, issue just the health issue in this country that that's a show unto itself right we don't we don't take care of ourselves we don't take care of people we don't uh provide for the mental health the mental health problem you look downtown in any city in america Mm -hmm. wandering the streets homeless you got schizophrenics and and all kind of people and you know god forbid they got weapons you know you who know like you talk about the other uh ways I'm sure there are attacks that we just don't hear about, you know, where some guy goes nuts with a knife or a broken bottle or whatever yeah. else. I mean, that's one of the big things that happens in places that have stricter gun control. And the argument would be that, hey, you know, that's safer for the people. It's easier to handle. There's, you know, more things that you can do. Some guy with a machine gun gunning down all these people. But again, gun control is not really going to help this. This guy was using illegal guns. I mean, the issue at this point is that there's so many guns out there. Like, even if you made guns illegal, are we going to sweep? Are we going to go house to house? And if we do sweep and go house to house, man, people are going to resist that. Because for every one of these psychopaths that winds up shooting people and, and, and gunning someone down... There's going to be genuine, normal people that want a gun to protect their family. Maybe they live in a sketchy neighborhood, and then all of a sudden the government comes along and says, well, now it's illegal for you to possess that gun. Well, then who has guns? People who are already criminals. See, I think the solution is in between, and I think this is another one where we get, you know, this is a problem we have, and I can't even say when it started, when you have the two sides and it's either or. So it's either, you know, no gun regulations or, or... far too many gun regulations and i think the solution somewhere in between in my opinion it's always been like why can't we treat them like cars like when you buy a car 
you registered a car, right? So the government knows, like Joe knows Joe has this car, right? Mm-hmm. And then when you you have to have insurance in case something goes wrong with the car and you hurt somebody. And then if you sell the car to me, you tell the government, hey, I just sold the car to Alonzo. I'm no longer liable for this car. Alonzo's liable for this car. Right. And I've, I've always thought that would be the level of common sense gun uh, registration. Well, here's another one that goes along with yeah. that. With guns, you don't really have to know how to use them. This is where they, really one of the really fucked up things yeah, about unfortunately. guns. Unfortunately. If you drive a car, you have to take tests. You have to pass. You have to understand the registration, the the the, um, the rules rather. I mean, you have to you have to go, and a guy has to sit next to you. You right. have to go through a driver's test. And I don't see why we can't do that with guns. You should where, absolutely where you have, have that to with go guns. to a range and show you know like the safety mm-hmm. of using a gun and and how to shoot it. Yeah, you know, I don't I don't see why we can't do that. And even if your family teaches you, right? They say like in a lot of places you grow up with guns, and as a kid, your dad teaches you. Well, if your dad teaches you to drive you still have to go to DMV and take the test. So it's like your dad, your mom, whoever, your uncle could teach you to shoot, but you still, sh- there should be some some level of testing to, to get an idea. Because we have, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, where you had a four-year-old in Florida who was looking in their uh, grandmother's purse for candy and shot themselves. And it's like that, grandma, there, there's a safety issue with the gun like, you don't tell the kid to go get some candy when you know you have a gun. I think there's know? a nutty number, like 21 people a year are killed in this country by armed toddlers. Yeah, yeah, I believe it. I, think I it's, believe it. Find out what the number is. I think it's 21 people are shot to death by babies. Yeah, and the, the other thing is, and you brought it up, like how, okay, if we didn't have guns, then they'd be killing, you know, with knives or clubs or something. Like, just that idea that, that we have to have that discussion, like... Well, what weapon are the mass killers going to use? That in itself is insane. Right. <laughs> just, just the fact that we're like, yeah, we're going to have these mass killers. We we got to have them working with different weapons. Uh, I don't I don't know on the mental health. I, I I'm not even going to pretend to have the expertise to talk about what it is. But it's an issue that we don't spend money on. It's an issue not covered by a lot of insurance. A lot of insurance doesn't cover any kind of mental health care. And well, and the, it, here's the thing. Even if it does cover, I mean, a, a giant percentage of the people that commit these giant mass shootings are either on psychoactive medication or are re- having withdrawals from psychoactive medication. Right. So even if your insurance covers it, even if you're medicated by a doctor, the, there's, like, there's a disassociative quality, apparently, with a lot of these antidepressants and antipsychotic medications that people take. That with the right combination of biology, circumstances, genetics, whatever it is, people just can snap and they don't yeah. have an issue. I mean, how, what, what are the numbers of people that are on that stuff? A giant number. Right. What are the numbers of people that actually wind up and go and do shootings? Much, 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 much smaller number. But it's enough that it, if it happens once a year, like Orlando last year and then this year in Vegas, I mean, what the fuck? And guy, again, we don't know why this guy did this. We, we have no idea if he was on anything. But what the fuck is it that we have to do to stop this stuff from happening? Well, I'm, I mean, I'm sure there are scientists who study it and all, but I can't imagine People, look at you this. can predict it. People are getting this. shot by toddlers on a weekly basis this year. Jesus Christ. 13 How many people? toddlers killed themselves, 18 more injured themselves, 10 injured other people, 2 killed other people. That was that, from in 2015. 2015. Toddlers have killed at least, shot at least 23 people this year. (laughs) 
Jesus I fucking Christ. 2016, so only five months. Oh, my God. Okay, so we can't... We cannot match that with an argument of toddler drivers having run over people. No. <laughs> well, irresponsible gun owners. That is. And, and again, that gets back to what you, you're saying. The education, like learn to own a gun safely yeah. to keep it somewhere where a toddler's not going to get to it. Well, everything, somewhere. everything dangerous safely, you know, everything. And isn't it funny how, you know, we do kid-proof a house? Mm-hmm. Like, like, you know, they, they have the plastic things that go into the electrical sockets and the, mm-hmm. the poison and this and that. What about the gun? Eh, throw it in the candy drawer. <laughs> Put it under the pillow. Kids never going to look there. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of responsible gun yeah, owners. I but, don't mean to laugh, but I mean, I'm laughing yeah. at the ridiculous of it. And, and that is true. And I think the vast majority of gun owners are, are um, responsible. You know, it is another group that's painted with the broad brush, right, that the, the few... Gun nuts, crazy! What they they paint every NRA member as being one of them, yeah. And that isn't true, you know. Like I say, I know I know people people who like guns, and they're not that, right? But the people who are not that have to accept the fact that there is a population that is that. You yeah. know what I mean? You yeah. you can't say that they don't exist because they do exist. So, yeah, I, a, a big part of this, I think, like any other issue, Joe. We we got to start telling each other the truth, you know what I mean? About like what? about about these issues. Like we, everyone has their their side, right, their or team. their tribe, or their right. team, and they refuse to believe any truth, you know, any any negative truth about their team or whatever. You know what I mean? Like like yeah. like to say, well, like we were saying, like gun owners. Okay, so there's responsible gun owners, and then there's a few gun. I'm just use the term gun nuts. And right. the responsible gun owners have to accept the fact that there are some gun nuts, right? With the police, the vast majority of police are good. But the good police have to say, yeah, there are some bad cops, too. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like within, any, within any tribe, we're comics. We know there are some bad comics. Yeah. I don't know if you know it, Joe, but I've I'm going to put it out there. I heard of a few. <laughs> <laughs> but but until we until we do that, we can never have a real discussion, right? Because everybody just suddenly circles the wagons around their herd and like, no, 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 not me. Right. You know, it's like, yeah. no, we're not saying all of you are, are bad. Right. But let's admit within your group there is bad so we can work on that. Yeah, know? I've seen some tweets from some uh, NRA supporters the last day and a half that have just fucking stunned me. Where just shut the fuck up, man. Right. Just re- realize what where this the state of all this is right now, and shut the fuck up. And by the way, there's a video that's going around that somebody's put up about me talking about gun control. It is not a recent video. I don't know when it's from, but people are putting it up now uh, about me uh, destroying the gun control argument. Uh, it's it would be very insensitive for me to do that and to put that up right now, and I didn't. It had nothing to do with. I don't know when it was. I don't. I think it was from a year or so ago, but. But the idea uh, that these people, these NRA supporters, would go and tweet these pro-gun messages right. and get crazy with it now is exactly what you're saying. They're digging their heels in. They're supporting their team. Yeah, and, and as many people have been saying, and, and it is a sad truth, look, if we didn't wake up after Sandy Hook, mm-hmm. then, you know, if, 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 if when 20, what was it, 21 kids were shot— yeah. That, and people denied that it happened. Oh, that didn't even happen That's and all that. That's the crazy one. I mean, you, they're doing you know that what now. I mean? People are calling this a false flag. Right. So so if that didn't wake us up, yeah. then, you know, 58 people at a music concert 
I, I hate to say it, but it's like it's not going to wake us up. You know, I have, I have a thing. Well, that wait a I, minute. What does waking us up mean? You know, I mean. Wake what, us up to the point of take some action. Well, what's the Something, action? President Alonzo, what would you do? The, the um, Well, to start with, we have to have the conversation. We have to have the conversation about, there, just like we just talked about, there is a uh, necessary, we, it is necessary to change our gun laws. Yeah. Our gun laws are too lax. That's the first thing. Then what we need to do, we need to come up with a system just like we have with cars or anything else dangerous where you, you have to be trained to use it. You have to register whatever it is with the government and you have to have liability insurance and it, and that that information transfers like the big loophole is the gun shows, right? Where mm-hmm. you go to the gun show and you could just sell a gun to another person. You can do is that. that with, still the case? Yeah. In a lot of states, that's still the case. You can do that with a car, right? I can sell you my car through Craigslist, but I'm still going to go put in that uh, liability thing. Otherwise, I'm liable for what you do with the car. Like right. I protect myself. By reporting it, even though I sold it to you party to party. Yeah. So, so if, yeah, if I'm in charge, we're going to, we're going to add those things. We're going to get a, we're going to get a handle on these guns. We're going to get, start tracking how many they are, where they are. We're going to collect them. Um, I think it was Australia and some other places that had those things where, look, if you own an illegal weapon, like a fully automatic weapon or whatever makes it illegal, you can turn it in. Maybe there's payment or maybe it's just no questions asked. Just turn it in and we'll we'll destroy it. Well, what happened in Australia is they had a mass shooting and then they put their foot down and they said no more. Right. Know. Australia just banned them all together. Well, they didn't right? totally oh. ban them. You could still use a rifle to hunt. But um, the the way we have this sort of fast and loose, there's very few countries in the world that have this kind of fast and loose gun policy. I think. Yeah, we still have the Wild West mentality. Well, and, and we it, have a freedom mentality, which well, Bill O'Reilly did a fucking had a post today where he's talking about that this is the cost the of freedom. The cost of freedom, yeah. Like, you fucking and crazy. No, it's not. No, it's crazy not. Crazy old dickhead. And I'll give you an example, Joe. Like, I grew up in New York City. Like, guns have been illegal in New York City for a long time. Now, there are guns in New York City, but not as many as people think, you know, because what happens is when you make it illegal then the average person they don't go out of their way to get a gun they're like right. no nah, i'm not i'm not going to have one yeah a criminal is going to have guns yes criminals are always going to have guns but you know the thing about the good guy shooting the bad guy it doesn't happen that often and my personal belief on this is because in that moment it takes a lot to shoot somebody it just happened the other day it just it, happened the other day i'm there not was an saying it doesn't shooter. happen there was an active shooter somewhere that was taken out by uh, a good guy gun owner it can happen. You're right. It doesn't happen everywhere all the time, but it, it can happen. And a lot of people get their guns stolen or taken away because in that moment, they can't use it. Sure. And the criminal, he ain't got nothing to lose. He's already a criminal. You know what I mean? Well, so. he's also probably used to violence. Yeah. A lot yeah. of people are not used to violence. There's a lot of soft people out there that right. just they don't know what to do if the shit hits the fan in any way, shape, or form. They just don't know how to handle pressure. Yeah, and and it's, you know, that happens. And then they, so they buy a gun to protect themselves, but they're in no way equipped to use it. Yeah. Yeah, you know? well, there's a lot of that. They're hoping that they can use it or to scare people off or something like that. But most likely, yeah, they're not going to be able to do it. But, you know, then there's people that say, well, that's them. I want the option because I will be able to figure it out. 
you know, because I'm not a pussy or I'm not. A then dummy. there's a legal way to get one. And, mm-hmm. you know, but, you, you do what it takes to and you register it. And again, most gun owners that I know, and I may be wrong because it's not like I'm deep in the gun culture. So I'm not speaking with that expertise. I'm just talking about of the people I know who have guns, who are into guns and shooting. I only have one friend who's like doesn't want to register his guns or, or anything like that. Most of them I know they're fine with having their gun What is the one friend's argument? Uh, I, I couldn't even tell you. I, I honestly <laughs> couldn't tell you. I love him. I love him. He's but, just crazy. But when it comes to guns, he's got a little, he's got some of that paranoia. He's got some of that, the government's out oh, to get me. the government. Paranoia. And then, you know, his thing with, um, we were talking about, and I know it's the wrong term, but it's the, the common term, assault weapons, assault type weapons, right? And he said, like, yeah, well, what if there's a home invasion? That's what they use. And I was like, ain't nobody invading your broke-ass home. You ain't, you know, you Unless they want to get mean? your guns. You know what I mean? You got, you got a, you know, you're an average American with a two-bedroom in the suburbs. Ain't nobody invading your shit. Right. You ain't got a safe. If you were selling crack, you might want to worry. You might have some cash around the house. Even right. if you were a good marijuana distributor, there'd be a bunch of cash you're not allowed to put in the bank. But mm. you, ain't nobody invading your house. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, everybody wants to be John Wick. Yeah, yeah. Fucking take out a whole crew of people breaking in your house, flipping people over staircases and shit. John Wick's badass. I love John Wick. (laughs) I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna lie. I love John Wick. My all-time favorite. Nobody's sitting around talking about John Wick. When you meet John Wick, your shit is over. That's Keanu Reeves' best role. Oh man, when fuck the Matrix. (laughs) That scene. When the, when the, the gangster calls John Leguizamo and is like, did you hit my son? Yeah. Why? He stole John Wick's car and killed his dog. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a great movie. Both of them are great. I yeah. enjoyed the second one, yeah, too. They're just silly, preposterous, unrealistic, but awesome. Right. I mean, if, you're, if you like that sort of John Woo type violence, yeah. you know, just off the charts, ridiculous yeah. gun violence, but it's cartoonish and, and, and comic book-like. Right. It's not real. And, yeah. and Keanu plays it, you know, he, he's so good at it. Like, he plays it perfectly. But yeah. just, like, just like any other movie, the bad guys can't shoot. Right. Right. So yeah. there's 25 guys shooting at him. Right. One of them might wing him. Right. Wing him. <laughs> Graze his shoulder. They always get like shot in the shoulder a little bit. Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't know what the argument is for not registering guns that makes sense. Because, I mean, unless you just want a world where everybody's just packing. Like there's like a few states where you have uh, concealed and even open carry that you're just allowed. You're right. just allowed to have a gun on your hip and just walk everywhere. Or they have the test, but it's like um, like it used to be here with traffic school where you just pay the guy and he gives you the certificate that you went. Or like mm-hmm. they, they do these tests for carrying concealed, but it's like you can do it online. You know, it, it's crazy. That's crazy. So it's, well, you can do in Texas, you could do your... Uh, hunting safety certificate online yeah there's a couple of places where you can do most of the places you have to go and for a hunter's safety certificate you have to sit down through uh, i think it's eight hours of class and go through all the stuff then you have to f- take a test and you have to understand things you have to know does it does it transfer from one state to the other like in other yes. words you're, you're if you're licensed to hunt in texas that's yes. good for some other yeah. states yeah if you have a hunter safety certificate in texas it's mm. it's good i think in almost every state but i mean that's a, that's a good thing. It's a good thing to be to have to have some knowledge of you know what's safety and 
It's about it's called the hunter safety thing. Right. It's not even about knowing how to hunt. It's just about knowing how to not get shot or shoot yourself or shoot someone else and how a gun works and how uh, all various weapons, bows and arrows, crossbows and stuff work. You don't have to do any of that to get a gun, though. I mean, if you just had to go through an eight-hour course to get a gun, how many less people would have guns? If you had to pass an eight-hour course to legally have a gun, how many fewer people would have guns? It would probably be like 30% of the people that have guns now. Well, and also, you know, they're saying this is the wrong time to politicize it, Mm. which, yeah, it is. It's time for a politician to stand up to the NRA. Mm -hmm. It's not politicized because every politician is afraid to say we need to register all the guns because the NRA is going to attack, you know, their their whole lobby machine. But but it's going to take a politician who has the balls to say, hey, wait a minute, I can get as many people following me, like, in other words, challenge the NRA Mm -hmm. and get as many people backing you as the NRA has. The best way to do it for these people is to not say shit. When they don't say shit, then they don't get the NRA attacking them. Right, that's what I'm saying. They're afraid afraid right now. The politicians who know better, Mm -hmm. who absolutely know better, who know that our current situation is ridiculous and our system is broken in, in the gun laws, none of them will stand up and say it. Yeah. No, you except the ones that the NRA already hates. Right. You know, yeah. who like have Bernie Sanders type characters. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean there's again, it's the team thing, right? It's, yeah. Yeah. They're it's, supporting the left, they're supporting the right, everybody meets in the middle and they yell at each other. Yeah. And and this is uh you know, this is not a left right. It this is just a it's another one of those common sense issues where we don't have common sense. Like I I joke sometimes on stage like I'm going to Canada uh next week I'm doing a tour. And I had had this joke, like, can you explain it to a Canadian? Like, that should be the test for what's sane. Can you explain it to a Canadian? I was doing it regarding health care. Like, try to explain to a Canadian why we've demonized health care, why we want to shut down health care. What do you mean by demonized? Meaning that they're they're anti-Obamacare. So rather than look for a compromise or fix the system— just shut it down because it's called Obamacare. Right. Like, like the just the anger at the name. You like like that famous night that Kimmel did where it was like, "Are you against Obamacare? I hate Obamacare. What about the Affordable Care Act? Oh, I like that. It's the same thing. You know exactly. Yeah. And he did a man on the street, and that's what you know. So many people were, and that's what I mean by demonize. You attach this name to it, so people just are anti just based on that without looking at any rather than saying okay like maybe this part of like the no pre-existing part of the health care plan that's a good idea so we're going to keep that but maybe the the cost of this is a bad idea so we're going to change that you know what i mean and working to fix it the, the gun issue is the same way there's certain freedoms that i understand and you you know the right to bear arms and so on and again it was written in a completely different time you know, yeah. so we need to update that right, taking into account everything that we deal with today. Well, one step at a time. If you're going to talk about the Affordable Care Act, if you're going to talk about health care at all, you got to talk about what are the real issues, like what what are the root causes of diseases? You know, and a big part of the root causes of diseases are how people eat in this country. Oh, yeah. I mean, and if people eat poorly and they consume a lot of refined carbohydrates and a lot of processed sugars and they, you know, their diet is filled with bullshit and they're drinking every day and they're smoking cigarettes, like, man, if you want to make those choices with your life, you are going to get diseases. There's a just, it's almost inexorable. Right. And you, and then you start battling the corporations and, you know, big yes. food and mm-hmm. stuff like that because. You know, why is it so much cheaper to eat poorly? 
But just think, well, mm-hmm. that's because it's cheaper to produce. But think about the, uh, the, the actual physical numbers of people that die every year from heart disease. Oh, absolutely. It's fucking absolutely. stunning. Because, you know, look at the amount of, of, of fast food we consume. Yeah. And it's, it's like fast food isn't evil. There's times when you you know you're on the run and you want to grab a burger, you want to grab fries, or, as long or as it's, it's not just good. Your whole diet. That's okay, but right, but it can't be the only thing you eat. Yeah. All the time. Well, you saw Supersize Me, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it ain't good. No. It's not good to no. eat just constant bullshit. Right. You know? Well, you can't eat that much salt and grease all the time and not have you know anything you do. There's a penalty for it. You know, it. salt's not bad for you. You know, you know that. But in excess. Yeah, it's all bullshit. Yeah. That's that whole thing that about salt being mm-hmm. bad for you and salt raising high blood pressure and all that stuff. That mm-hmm. was kind of concocted by one doctor and ran with. There's really very little evidence about that. I don't know. I'm black, Joe. They told us not to eat yeah, salt. Yeah, I know. They tell you not to eat fatty <laughs> foods either. But meanwhile, it's it's refined carbohydrates that are the real issue. Yeah, apparently. The, the sugar and everything is in sugar, and yeah. we are addicted. We are sugar Constant. addicts. Sugar, corn syrup. I mean, and then there's also also like the, all these studies that talk to you about red meat. But when you look at the studies about red meat and you look at the criticisms of studies, like people that eat red meat get more cancer. Well, the real criticism of those studies is what are you eating with the red meat? Right. Because are you eating like lean, like grass-fed bison with like asparagus and broccoli? I bet you're pretty fucking healthy if you're Mm -hmm. doing that. The real issue is are you eating burgers? They don't differentiate between the two. When you talk about people that eat red meat five times a week and the correlation between cancer, they're literally not even taking into consideration what they eat with that red meat. Are they eating with white bread? Are they eating with with a sugary soda? This again, Joe, this is what we're we're talking about the same thing because it's like the common sense argument is eliminated because the common sense argument is quiet. So you have the loud, the yelling argument of, of, you know, the the meat lobby versus whoever, whoever's the anti-meat people. And so, you know what I mean? And the common sense is in between. Like you said, there's healthy ways to eat meat. Or maybe you don't eat it every with every meal or not every day. You mix well, it's not it up even the or meat, something though. like it's, that. It's not meat. But, but like meat is something that human beings have eaten forever. But when the I real say healthy ways to eat meat. carbohydrates, when sugars. When I say healthy ways to eat meat, I mean what you're saying. What do you eat around it? How is it prepared? Right. And so on. That That can make it, that can be the difference between healthy and unhealthy. You know, chicken, you know, is, is. Supposed to be good for you, but but you know fried chicken, deep fried chicken that's been sitting in the grease for yeah. X number of hours waiting for you to Battered, come pick it up, covered and in so, flour. Right, exactly. Is not you know that is not a healthy way to eat. Speaking chicken. of chicken, delicious. Supersize me too. You'll never look at chicken the same way okay. again. He's doing this. Take you know, that down. He's, they, don't ruin chicken. You know for what? Me. I have an issue with him though. <laughs> he did a show where he was. Um, he did like 30 days. Is that was that the name of his show? And one of the things that he did was on hormone replacement surgery or hormone replacement, like testosterone replacement and things along those lines. But I know for a fact that the producers tried to go to legitimate doctors and the doctors turned them down because they said, this is not how you do it. You don't do anything like that over 30 days. Well, Hold on a second. Okay. So what he did for that show is he went to a quack and this quack shot him up with testosterone. Not him, the, the guy on the show that he uses as a study case and they shot this guy up with testosterone the guy started getting aggressive and yelling at his kids and his wife was like i like you chubby i'm chubby we're hope we have a chubby family i'm like this is the dumbest fucking example of the science behind manipulating your hormones like you the way you're supposed to do it is first 
address your diet. Number one, you take your diet into consideration. Like, what are you eating? I mean, are you getting these gigantic insulin spikes all day? Like, your hormone levels are completely dependent upon what kind of food you consume. So, they, what they would do in a in a healthy doctor, the doctor that I was using, this uh, I don't want to say his name, but he, what what he would do is for like the first couple months, the first thing you would do is change your diet. The first thing you would do is don't eat late at night. The first thing you would do is eat healthy food, and they would literally check your your blood nutrition levels and say, well, you're, you're low on niacin. You're low on vitamin D. You're low on vitamin B. You've got to add these to your diet. Let's see what your hormone levels are like then. Oh, look, we have this big spike. Now we have a healthy baseline. Now we've done this for four or five months. Now we know where you're at and what you need. And this, they didn't do that. They just shot him up with some shit. Mm-hmm. So that guy in his show, I, I, I've had problems with him ever since then. I'm like, why would you, like, that's sensationalism. That's bullshit. Like, what you've done is you put together a show where you've had a, a terrible representation of something that uh, millions of people engage in, hormone replacement. Well, even in supersize me, uh, even if you ate at McDonald's, you wouldn't eat as much as he did. Right. You wouldn't supersize every Everything. meal. And, you know, have well, to, that was the deal, though. He said if they offered him supersize, right. he was going to say but yes. But they always do. Yeah. They, they always offer to, up, you know, to upsize you. Yeah. But then I've heard people also say they've done the same thing. They've done that supersize me diet and tried it for 30 days, and they didn't have nearly the negative responses. And they thought that, that, that they might have sensationalized that as well. Uh, they probably did. I mean, it's TV. Right. right? But you got to sensationalize it in that some. case. And but, yeah, and it's also you know you talk about hormones and things like that. Different people react to things different ways. Sure, you know uh, their their bodies. Some people's body, and and you know it drives you crazy, right? That person you know that eats junk food all the time, but has this crazy metabolism, and they never gain weight. Twinkie diet helps nutrition professor lose twenty seven pounds. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. See? What is it? pull pull this up? He did it just to prove the calories in calories out thing, but he it, there's a caveat in this too that oh. says it doesn't have any uh, Hold hormone on. stuff. Go, go ahead, down. Sorry. Let me see it from the top. Uh, for ten weeks, Mark Howe, professor of nutrition at Kansas State University, ate one of these sugary cakeettes every three hours instead of meals to add variety to his steady stream of Hostess and Little Debbie snacks. Howe munched on Doritos chips, sugary cereal. And Oreos, Oreos too. His premise that in weight loss, pure calorie counting is what matters most, not the nutritional value of the food. Uh, the premise held up uh, on his convenience store diet. He shed 27 pounds in two months. But here's the thing: what is his body fat? Mm-hmm. Like, what's his body composition? Stop. Scroll. Go back. See, like he shed 27 pounds in two months. That doesn't mean anything. Right. Like, if you lost all of your muscle and gained fat. And you lost, I mean, you got to understand, like, if you're not taking in any protein, your body's not going to be able to maintain muscle mass. Now, if your body's not going to maintain muscle mass, you're going to have less. See, see, his body fat mass index went from 28.8, considered overweight, to 24.9, which is normal. He now weighs 174 pounds. Hmm. His bad cholesterol, LDL, dropped 20%, and his good cholesterol, HDL, increased by 20%. He reduced the level of triglycerides, which are a form of fat, by 39%. That's where the head scratching comes from, Hobbes says. Uh, what does that mean? Does it mean I'm healthier? Does it mean how we define health from a biological standpoint, that we're missing something? Despite his temporary success, he does not remember. Well, look at the next. Look. 
Two-thirds of his total intake. Read that one. Yeah. He also, oh, wait a minute. He also took a multivitamin pill and drank a protein shake daily. And he ate vegetables, typically a can of of green beans or three or four celery stalks. All right. Well, that's, that's a stupid study. Right, he's because just, then he's yeah. he's replacing he's the protein and vitamins. Yeah. yeah, so he's not living on Twinkies and yeah, that's bullshit. And uh, Doritos. Yeah, if you just did that without the without the protein and without yeah, the vitamins, it would have been a different result. Yeah. But people love. I mean, that's why we're reading it, right? Yeah. We're reading it because he, he got a sensational result. And and the way it was written. There's the sensational part was the first part of the article. Of course. And you had to go way down before you got to the part about eating vegetables and drinking a protein shake. Yeah. yeah Don't eat Little Debbie's cakes all day, folks. <laughs> Don't do that. You'll get fucked up. If but, you've learned anything today, you cannot live on Twinkies. But every now and then, have a fucking Twinkie. You know, I believe everything in moderation, including moderation. That's what I believe. I think that's an Oscar Wilde quote. Yeah. I think it's a great quote because I think that's good. I mean... Even just have some bullshit every now and then. Have a fucking yeah, Big you, Mac. You, you know, that people have the cheat day yeah. or whatever. And, and yeah, and you got to, it's because you're human. Yeah. You're human and you're going to have it. And some of it's delicious. It's you know? fun. <laughs> it's fun to eat a waffle smothered in maple syrup. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun every now and then to go to fucking Waffle House. You ever go to Waffle Houses yeah. on the road? Of course. I've worked great. the South. What are they're you kidding? great. Waffle House. Have you ever been to Waffle House when they're on both sides of the freeway? So no matter which ramp you come off, you don't have to turn. Isn't that funny that the the South has Waffle Houses? It's like the West has In and Out. The South has Waffle House. You know they had they put in an In and Out in Dallas, and they had lines around the block for mm-hmm. days, for days. People like people had never seen a fucking cheeseburger before. And you know who was mad? Who? Whataburger. Oh yeah, because that's be. Texas's Texas's burger chain, well, and, and step your fucking in game and out up. came in, and they were like, "Wait a minute, everyone's lining up for that California liberal burger." Yeah, well, if you're the unknown comic <laughs> and you're playing at a club, and Chris Rock is at the fucking arena next door, you can't get pissed off. Someone's got a better product than you. Let me let me speak from experience <laughs> to that, Joe. Let me speak from experience. I was booked at, at what's it called the. Club 29 or whatever, that casino just past Palm Springs. I don't know if you've ever worked out there. No. But anyway, it's one of those big Indian casinos. And and I had never worked this place before. So I'm booked to work the comedy club inside. Guess who's working the arena behind the hotel? Kevin Hart. Chris Rock. Chris Rock. And I was like, even I want to go to the Chris Rock show. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, like... Really, your idea is to put me and Chris on at the same week. You couldn't think of some other comic. When was this? To, this was about, it was about four years ago. Oh. But it was just one of those things. You know, his pictures on you know on the um, gambling tables. And, right, you know how they do that and everything. And I was like, I want to go to the Chris Rock show. <laughs> like there were people at my show. I'm like, why are you here? Why why don't we all just go out and watch Chris? <laughs> <sighs> yeah, Waterburger, step your game up. Their their burgers are okay. Waterburger's okay. Waterburger's okay. In and out better. In and out is way better. I'll tell you what though. Five guys fucks with In and Out. Five guys got game. You got yeah. five guys five right guys next to In and Out. You go, hmm. Five guys has fucking jalapenos. They you put got, jalapenos on those burgers. They you have got, fries. You got like five real guys. Fries. You got five guys next to In and Out across the street from Waterburger. You got America. Damn it. Yeah, you got America. <laughs> you know what? Five guys fucks up. They fuck up where they don't have shakes. They don't go with shakes. They don't have shakes. No. But their burgers are goddamn good. Burgers are good. Their fries are good. 
fries are a lot good. Of potatoes. Yeah, their potatoes are better. Yeah, they seem to have a better idea of what a fry is. Mm-hmm. And then they have Cajun fries. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm dumb. Five yeah. guys. Well, that's why they're in the game. What about yeah, us? They're in the uh, game. That, what about to me, is a steak dead and heat. shake? What do you think steak of that? Steak and shake could suck my dick. Yeah. I said it right here. Right <laughs> the peanuts. The peanuts are five guys. Peanuts, How do you that's feel right. About yeah, yeah, peanuts. Uh, they're there bad. if you're that hungry. Right. If you're that hungry, there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with peanuts unless you got a peanut allergy, of course. Which is another thing. We we're talking about how different people react to different oh. things. The peanut allergy is always like the best argument. This is the new that. thing, and I've only heard this recently. Actually, this year is the first time I heard it where they're like, you can't have anything peanut related on an airplane because a passenger has a severe peanut allergy. Yeah. Well, some people. I haven't heard that until this year. Well, I've heard it. When mm-hmm. you crack open a peanut, you know that dust that kind of yeah. goes in the air? That shit kills people. Wow. Which is nuts. Yeah. Imagine if you didn't like somebody, you got right up to them and just like some CIA <laughs> shit just cracking that, in their face. That would be some CSI shit. Like they'd have to figure out how you killed him. Who yeah. opened the peanut? Yeah, you know, I was thinking this is a terrible thought, but I was thinking this about Tom Petty. I was like, I wonder if Tom Petty heard the news about Vegas and had a fucking heart attack. Can you imagine if that guy killed Tom wow. Petty from a distance? Could happen. Is that how did Tom Petty have a heart attack? Did he know about? I mean, what time was his heart attack? Was it Sunday night or was it Sunday day? And how old was he? Sixty six, man. That ain't That's old. Not real old. Yeah, sixty six. Stallone was still fucking kicking ass in action movies. Yeah. <laughs> Still yeah, I is. Think, I think Liam uh, Liam Neeson was taken the yeah. second time at 66. Right? <laughs> yeah. I'm just thinking, if I'm a thug, I can't let a 70-year-old whip my ass. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There's, there's a certain age where it's like, no, man, you. I don't care how long you've been fighting, what training you have. Right. Listen, old man, I'm in my thug prime. Who's like the <laughs> oldest guy who legitimately makes sense as like a stone-cold killer in a movie? Was it Bronson? Well, Charles Bronson in Death Wish, he was already he was already like fat Charles Bronson. Yeah, he got in like the chubby face and he couldn't take his suit off. Whereas like he go back to like the uh, hard times Bronson, who was like fifty. Right, he was he in was his shredded, 50s. shredded. I'm just I'm trying to think: is anyone in their sixties legitimate to whip your ass like physically, not not shoot you, but George you know. Foreman will fuck you up. Yeah, well, he's he's a puncher. Yeah, right. George Foreman's probably sixty years old. And I yeah. bet he'll fuck but Foreman. Ain't, you know, he's gonna fight Steven Seagal. What? Did he call it Steven Seagal? Did you see that? Who? George Foreman. What? Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Oh, after Seagal's craziness. What is? What was Seagal talking he crazy said, about? Like, you can do anything you want. Ten rounds, something like that. Mm. That is so ridiculously stupid of Steven Seagal because all he'd have to do is pour water on his head, and that black shit would just run down <laughs> into his eyes, and he wouldn't be able to see. What does it say? George Foreman just ch- challenged Steven Seagal to a no-holds-barred fight. Boy, that would be a goddamn disaster. 68-year-old boxing legend used Twitter to challenge 65-year-old action movie star I'm betting on to a Foreman. 10-round fight. I, I'd bet a 68-year-old Foreman. I'd bet every fucking penny. A 68-year-old Foreman versus 65-year-old Seagal? Yeah, I'd bet I'd on Foreman. I challenge you one-on-one. I use boxing. You can use whatever. 10 rounds in Vegas. No weapons. Hand-to-hand only. That would be a fucking disaster. First of all, George Foreman is so big that he had this shell defense that he adopted later in his career. Yeah, where yeah, would, where he would, would curl like up. Right. And he was so big. There was so much arm there. <laughs> you couldn't you're hit You're not him. hitting anything. You hit his stomach. Good luck with all that. You're not going to hurt him to the yeah. body. And then he's got these hands that are literally like canned like hands. Hams. Yep. And he just thump. 
He would just jab people into a coma. Did you see that uh, guy? I think he's playing for the Milwaukee Bucks. His hands surround the basketball. <laughs> Did you see that? He he literally his it's like a softball in his hands. There's guy. people that are getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, go back to like Jack Johnson, yeah. who was a giant when he won the heavyweight championship. He's only six two. Right. He's not one even yeah. a big guy. You know. My my. Uh, Big hand moment earlier this year. I did a show and um, whoa! Look at that guy's hands. Yeah, that does, show, that show him around the basketball if you have that picture. That looks cartoonish. Mm-hmm. That doesn't even look real. Good, that guy must have a dick like a palm tree. I'm telling you, Jesus Christ! Holy shit! It's two feet from his middle finger to the base of his hand. That's mm-hmm. insane. Is that inches? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Or centimeters? Those look centimeters. Maybe. Was this? Is I centi- met yeah, Jerry Rice. And my oh, hand, they're fucking with us with the centimeters. It's my hand is the same size as Jerry Rice's. So, yeah, that makes sense. So I got that going. Whoa, look at yeah, that. Yeah, there it is. Look at that. Well, how old is he then? He's in high school then, it looks like. Jesus Christ. Jeez. Wow. Yeah, he's, got, he's a big freak. They call him the Greek freak. Yeah, the Greek freak. He's amazing. Is he Greek? Yeah, Giannis yeah. Antetokounmpo. I can't see. Mm-hmm. Antetokounmpo. Whoa, Skrull. that's a name. Yeah. Oh, and he's a hell of a ball player. Uh, he's, well, he's, look at that name. Yeah. Antetokounmpo. That's why they call oh, him the Greek freak. <laughs> How do you say that? Antetokounmpo. 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 So he's from Greece. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, what if that guy gets a hold of, like, a Gabrielle Reese? Well, she's already married, but, you know, someone along those lines. A, a large woman. And has yeah. a large, like the woman from Game of Thrones, that, that giant bitch <laughs> gets a hold of her, shoots some super sperm in there, <laughs> makes well, some then, giant and babies. The next generation's going to be a hell of a. I mean, they've been doing that with animals forever. What sport? What sport would that kid go into? Every, any sport he wants. Yeah, whatever much. fucking sport he wants. Everybody get out of the way. What about Aaron Judge, six seven, two eighty, playing <laughs> baseball? You see how the bat looks in his hand? The bat looks like a little twig, like he's swinging a kid's bat. Well, you're seeing that, like, though. That's one thing that's interesting. Like, that guy in the past might have gone into football. Yeah. But now guys are looking at football and like, fuck that. I don't fuck. blame him. I don't, I don't blame, blame him at all. There's guys that are retiring at 24, 25 right. years old. Why am I going to have a three-year career with possible concussion damage and everything else possible. when I could play baseball or basketball for 10 years and, and leave with $100 million? Yeah. And just fuck everything that moves. Yeah. They, they did a study on former basketball players, or former football players, rather, and 111 players, 110 of them had CTE. Jeez. 110 out of 111. Yeah. There's uh, the guy who was the doctor behind that movie, Concussion. Mm-hmm. He was recently talking about O.J. Simpson because O.J. Simpson was released. And he's like, there's a 100% chance that guy has CTE. Yeah. And they've even said that O.J., if the trial was today, his doctor said that he would introduce CTE as a defense. As a defense, yeah. Which is crazy because then you have to say he's guilty. Because yeah. the, the defense is it. always, I didn't do it. You know, Until and, he wrote a book, How I Did It. Yeah, If I Did It. That was the book. <laughs> yeah, I know. But. And If is in tiny little yeah. red marks. <laughs> and I Did It. I watched the Ch- the Cuba Gooding show last night. The FX show. I'd never seen oh, it. Oh, you'd never the seen People it? People vs. O.J. Oh, Simpson. Oh, it was great. It was great. <sighs> great. Weird. Yeah, great show. You know, yeah, it's weird to watch, man. Did you revisit everything? I said it's it. It's like, oof. The night when the O.J. got out, it's like, just go away. Yeah. Just go just somewhere. Go be go quiet. Don't say anything. Play golf and keep your mouth shut. He you can't know? do that, Just, though. He's not going to, and he can't. He's uh, he's addicted to love. Yeah. You know, he's addicted to well, people liking him. 
And there's going to always, if he goes to Florida, there's plenty of fucking stupid people in Florida that take him right in. Yeah, either, or he's going back to jail. He's going to do something stupid and violate his parole. Do you think and, he'll do that, though, at 70 years old or whatever he is? Well, if he does anything other than shut up, yeah. he's either going to die or go back to jail. You know what I mean? Like, there's no, there's no positive that's going to come out of him making public appearances, you know, writing yeah. a book, going on a talk show circuit. Like, no, like, you're 70 years old. Live out the last 10, 15, 20 years, whatever you got. Just live it. There's, there's money somewhere, right? Because Florida, they couldn't take his right. money. Like, his that's pension. why he moved there. So yeah. he, he's got money somewhere. Just... <laughs> Just quietly fade away, you know. Let people people might recognize you when you go down to play bingo at the home. Oh, you, know? you want to play bingo? <laughs> just wave, bang some old bros, and, uh, you know. But but yeah, there's no. I don't think there's any way. There's no positive public appearance. No, that OJ could make. No, um, the attorney general, I think it was Florida, was saying that she didn't want him hopping around her state playing, uh, you know, playing golf. Which is, by the way, it's not your state, honey. Yeah, just let you know. You know, it's fucking like well. That, it is, that, but that it is in the process, sense that she's the top cop and she can prosecute him for any made up shit she wants. Yeah, but you can't do that. That's not America. See, when someone gets a fucking release, right? You're released. You're on parole. You're released from prison. You can't just target someone because they're famous and they've been released. Like you, you're dealing with a million fucking murderers are getting out right. every day. You're dealing. I'm not a million, obviously, but you're dealing with a shit ton of people that were armed robbers and have committed assault and rape. They're getting out all the time. But again, Joe, you're talking about, and we were talking about this earlier: theoretical versus reality. Right. In theory, this is the United States of America, and you have freedoms, and they can't do that to you. In reality. Hell yeah, they can do it because it's like say if they follow you around, right? If a, if a cop followed you all day every day, you would break the law. You think so? You yeah. You don't know how. You don't. It might be jaywalking. I'd hire a driver. It might be speeding. It might be whatever. You know what I mean? But you would do something that would violate some statute that you didn't know about. You Maybe might, you would. You might be well. Maybe you. You know, I got that whole driving while black thing going for me. Well, you're also a crazy yeah. motorcycle rider. That's true. I got that. I need to ask you this because we brought this up the last time. Who was it on the podcast? We were talking about a bike that you had. It was with Bert. With Bert. I, Bert I couldn't me. remember the bike that you had, but you had some crazy big, yeah. giant, wide mm-hmm. Japanese super bike that no, was like a cruiser. It's, it's Triumph. It's called the Triumph Rocket 3. Is that a Triumph? Yeah. That's the one I'm talking and it's about? A, it's a 2.3 liter motorcycle. But it's yeah, just, so it's it's the engine is is bigger than a lot of car engines, and I'm, the bike I'm itself. No, the no. bike is no, the bike but itself is the bike. big. But this isn't the that's bike I'm talking about. No, no, no. It was from a long time Let's ago, see. man. It's from like ten years ago. You had a bike. Uh, you had this crazy wide bike that was a Japanese bike. Maybe it was a Suzuki Hayabusa. No, no, no. Was it wasn't. A it wasn't one of those uh, like rice rocket bikes. Was it my Ducati? I had a custom no, Ducati. No, no, no. no it no. was a Japanese it was bike. Japanese, but it was a big ass cruiser. It was one of those. Oh, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about. It's called the Valkyrie Rune. R U N E. Yeah. That's it. Oh yeah, that's I remember it. that. Yeah, yeah. That, as a matter of fact, that's what I had before the Triumph Rocket. Yes. Right. I couldn't remember oh, the name of that. Man, good recall, Joe. Dude. Yeah, that bike was. That bike was one of a kind. That it, that thing looked like a spaceship. Yeah. Like you were in that Tron movie. You know. You know that's what? That's it. Yeah. There it is. That's it. No, we that's not it. No, oh, that ain't look it. Up no, that's the Val- That's the Triumph. That's a right? Valkyrie. But look up R U N E Rune. Yeah. So there's a different Valkyrie and there's a Valkyrie Rune? Yeah, the Valkyrie Rune? Rune was a custom version they was made. Was it a Honda? Yeah, it was a Honda. I think they uh, made it. Yeah, that was it right that's there. That's it. 
Yeah. Yeah. You had uh, you had that. I yeah, remember. I had that. That bike was bad. At, you know. Why didn't you bring it? Did you, you know, bring it to the factory or something? Yeah. Yeah. I saw that thing, and I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Part of why I got rid of that bike, Joe, I'll be honest, polishing that thing. <laughs> that thing had more chrome in more places. <laughs> I'm telling you. Look at the every, size look at, of it. Everything <sighs> on that bike was chromed. That's beautiful. The engine, the entire front end, and I was like, man, I'm, I can't spend all day cleaning this thing. It was a great bike, though. Fun but it bike. seems like a bike where if you accidentally laid it down, it would take forever to get that thing back up. Yeah, like, it's a heavy bike. So About heavy. 800 pounds. 800 pounds 800 for a pounds. bike. Beautiful. You know you know who bought a, a group of those? Who? Clooney. George Clooney? Clooney bought six of them. Why? For him and his buddies. <laughs> yeah, for him and his buddies to ride. He bought six of them. God damn. Is this you? No. Uh, I was like, you don't have a fat ass like that. Nah. Look how cool that paint job is on that thing. Yeah, though. he did God. that paint. That's custom paint. That, now, do they but, still make that thing? No, they only made it for. Uh, they made it for one year. It what? was like a limited. Yeah, like a limited release. They did it for one year. It must have been stupid fast. It was pretty fast. It was yeah. It was pretty fast for a cruiser, a cruiser. It was very fast. Now, are those comfortable to ride? Is yeah. that like the idea behind yeah. them? It's comfortable. Because I'm like, a pussy. I don't fuck right with now, bikes. Right now, I have an Indian chieftain. Right, Ooh. and this is my first like American V twin kind of cruiser, and I've never been that guy. Like you know, I've never had a Harley or anything. But I saw this bike at the dealer, and it was just absolutely beautiful. And I rode it, and and I guess I'm getting older. There was some about leaning back with my feet forward and the stereo playing, and I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, I like this shit. Like I I remember leaning forward like being a jockey and going fast, and now I'm like nah. This is me. You like this cruising now. I like cruising. I like touring. I like going on, on trips, traveling. That's it right there? Yeah. Ooh, the red one. good. Up in the top middle. Ooh, that's yeah, you? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, oh, that's it. Oh, man. Look at that thing. Yeah. I got it outside. When we're done, I'll show it to you. And but do you, those bags in the beautiful. back, do you like keep stuff in those yeah. things? What mm -hmm. do you keep? Books? Yeah, you can carry. Yeah, yeah. What do you books? keep in there? <laughs> what do you keep in there? Ah, keep that. Wow. That's what I use for whatever. You know what you keep in there? Her purse. Oh, that's right. Because this guy told me that uh, they call those baggers, that style right. of bike. And he said, man, chicks love baggers. And he ain't kidding. Their stuff in they there. love it. They love it. But yeah, oh, she can bring my her shit. Back here. Yep. <laughs> now that's a big cruiser, right? Is yeah. that a loud bike? No. No, no? it's not loud. It, it, it'll it be a little louder next year. I'm going to put pipes on it this oh, winter. Oh, you're getting radical. But I'm not, going, I'm not going crazy like straight pipes that, you know, set off oh. car alarms. And, yeah. And no, I just a little, little bit louder. Now, when you have a bike like that, like the idea is that like, they're slower. Right? But yeah. they're more comfortable? Is that yeah. the idea? Yeah. You know what that bike is, man? That bike is Sunset Strip and PCH. Ah, uh, just cruising. You know? Yeah. yeah. That, Look, that's what good. that. Yeah. That's yeah. what that is. Comfortable. You look good. You got a stereo boom, and you're just chilling. Boom. Now, that's when you say is. you have a stereo, like you can hear it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's you're good. blasting it. So everybody hears it. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that weird? It, it's a little weird. Like, I, I don't like being that guy when I'm at a light. Yeah. You know what I mean? But But when you're riding along... Nobody's really hearing it that much. You know, you're passing people. But, yeah, when you're sitting at a light, so, and, and I know guys who go with, you know, a 1,000 watts, and they, their bags, their saddlebag is a speaker. Like, they're, they're broadcasting. You know, mm. I, I don't want to be that guy. But it is kind of nice. Again, this is stuff that I hadn't done until I got this bike, right? But now I'm realizing, like, this shit ain't bad. If I'm cruising down, you know, Mulholland or PCH or something like that, and I'm listening to music, I'm like, yeah, I but can do this. But how can you hear the music over the sound of the engine? And and the, the bike's wind. loud enough. The, uh, the speakers are loud enough. Wow. The system's loud enough. What kind yeah. of music you blare? 
Um, mostly jazz. I'm chilling. Jazz. Jesus. Yeah, I'm a jazz Christ. guy. Jazz, jazz, and oh. hip hop. Those are my two. You really do like jazz. You're one of those people. Yeah. Who, you legitimately yeah, like it. I legitimately love jazz, man. I always assume that jazz is one of those things that like weird dudes put on to pretend to girls that they're into <laughs> jazz. They're like, oh, he's no, like you so gotta, sophisticated. He likes jazz. There, there's some jazz that is like that, and I'll admit, I had to like learn that level of jazz. Like, there's a level of jazz that's like. Um, like this girl I dated, she would be like, oh, you listen to that sketchy jazz shit. And that's sketchy. The, that's the shit you have to listen to to learn because in the beginning, only mu- other musicians understand it, right? And I know some jazz musicians and they were breaking it down. But there's a lot of jazz that's just, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it. It's music played by master musicians. And right. that's what that's why it's good because when you listen to a guy like Robert Glasper, who's really hot now, or Herbie Hancock. Like, when you listen to Herbie Hancock play a piano, you're like, oh, that's how it's supposed to sound. You know what I mean? Because right. he's just, he just has mastered that instrument, you know? So, so yeah, I listen to some of that. And it, and it can be, uh, there's times when it's out there and it's meditative and shit like that. But don't get me wrong, I'm, I'll be, you might, you know, you might pass by, I might be cranking Jay-Z, you know? Right. Um, um, I love hip-hop, love old-school hip-hop, the shit I grew up with, the old... 80s, 90s. Do you play music at all? Uh, no. So a lot of people that are into jazz actually play music. Yeah, a right? lot of them are. I, I think I appreciate it because I have no musical talent. Mm. So the, so masters of it fascinate me. And in the last 10 years, I've been doing like these jazz cruises, hosting jazz festivals and this and that. And I found it's really true. Well, you know this because you know musicians too. That thing about every musician wants to be a comic yeah. and every comic wants to be a musician. I definitely have this mutual admiration thing with with jazz artists. Like, man, I wish I could play that. And they're like, man, I wish I was funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's there's something about they can, not jazz necessarily, but people in bands, they can play the same shit forever. That's one thing that you and I can't do. I get on jazz artists about that all the time. Like, they'll play, like, there's a track called So What by Miles Davis, right? Classic jazz. Like, Miles wrote this in 1959. And you can play it, and you're considered brilliant. Hmm. How does that shit work? How does that work? At no point can I do Eddie Murphy's Goony Goo Hoo the- and suddenly be, that Alonzo's a brilliant comic. You hear that Goony Goo Hoo routine? Imagine if you did some Woody Allen from 59. If you yeah. went to the same Yeah, era. you got to do some 59. Yeah. 59 comedy. Yeah. You'd get fucking rocks thrown at you. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Like, comedy from 59 is terrible. Yeah. Try listening to some old Lenny Bruce. So I'm a huge Lenny Bruce fan. Right. I've framed Lenny Bruce posters in my my home. But if you try to listen to it today, it's the the culture has bypassed these ideas. Yeah. Where it was revolutionary and groundbreaking at the time because the culture was so childish and infantile. And it's, it's ideas and understanding of, like, weird concepts or abstract concepts or things like uh, censorship mm-hmm. or, or racism or any of the things that Lindy Bruce covered. And when he was covering them back then, they were groundbreaking. But now, like, is a lot of the stuff he's saying is just duh. But I think, I think a lot of those comics, because years ago we were having this debate. This is before rape, okay? We were having this debate about Cosby. You got, you got to put that qualifier in now. Right. Yeah, you always have to. <laughs> and it was, if he started today, would he make it? And I argued yes, because his comedy would have been different. Like, he still, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, Lenny Bruce, he wouldn't have been talking about the things he was talking right. about in 59 or 60. He'd be talking about the same shit that we talk about today. Right. 
but he still would have had that brilliant comic mind and he still would have been who knows what he'd have been talking about because he'd have been kicking down doors today. Sure. So he would have been just at some, you know, different. But I think those comics, most of them, the, the brilliant, definitely the brilliant ones, the top ones would be funny today. They just talk about the topics we talk about. 100%. Yeah, I think so, too. I think it's just a matter of the time and the era that they existed in. And But conversely, if you took someone from today, like if you took Dave Chappelle, and you had Dave Chappelle doing stand-up in 1960, they'd probably be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? You're talking about a baby selling crack? Oh, you're like, talking what? about, yeah. What? Ni- the 19- baby has kids to 1999 feed? Chappelle in 1959 yeah. never would have... Never would no, have just Well, it's just, it's not relevant. Right. right. It has to be relevant to the time. You know, a brilliant comedian of today trying to talk about the same subjects we talk about today. Just, you, you know, I mean, that's the weird thing about comedy. It really does reflect the era in which it's performed yeah, it's, in. it's absolutely, it's the culture that we're in. I mean, it was, you know, it was vaudeville, right? When, when all you had to do was juggle and hit a guy with a hammer. <laughs> Yeah, right? <laughs> right. That like was Jerry oh, Lewis. Oh, man, he got that old hammer bit. <laughs> ah. When well, he would do like a Japanese impression and put like a cigar in his mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, like the buck tooth. Oh, why? Why? That, I never understood that. Like, how does that represent Japanese people? The buck tooth thing? Who was it that did that? There was a guy who did that. That yeah. was like his thing. I can't remember. But I know you're talking about some picture in it. Yeah. But yeah, it definitely, definitely what we do. Well, just in the time, I'd say even in the time we've been doing it. I mean, I started in 93, and it's definitely different now than, you know, than it was then. That was Def Jam. Yeah. Right? When I was, <clears throat> excuse me, when I started out, Def Jam was it. And, and I caught a lot of hell being a black comic who wasn't a Def Jam Type style comic, comic. Right. it was like what the hell are you talking about you right know? And right right it was like i'm on i'm on npr <laughs> <laughs> you know which now is cool but in 94 probably wouldn't have been the coolest uh coolest thing yeah isn't that interesting like uh you you get expected to fit into a certain genre right yeah and then there's like there's markets for that genre yeah like when Def Jam was big, like there's a market for that kind of comedy, and a lot of you saw a lot of comedians like mold themselves into that market. Yeah, and I always thought, and and I was lucky in that a few of the the pros, um, like I remember, like Cedric the Entertainer was one, and Tommy Davidson was another, and George Wallace was another, who told me like just do like do you like you yeah. cannot like don't worry about that shit because. The the only thing worse than being a Def Jam would be not not would be a fake Def Jam comic. That would the only thing worse than not fitting in would be a fake Def Jam. Like for me to suddenly <laughs> pretend like I grew up in Queens. You know, I grew up in St. Albans, Queens, working class black neighborhood. You know, my parents both had jobs, but we had a house with a yard and a two car garage and a whole bit. Right. Not rich, not poor, just working class. If I'd have tried to come at you like I grew up in the South Bronx, now I had friends from the <laughs> South Bronx, you know, I had friends from Bed-Stuy, but it would have been fake. And you'd have seen right through it. If you were from Bed-Stuy, you'd have seen through my ass in a minute. Right. <laughs> you know, I might have fooled you if you were from, you know, I don't know, Colorado or some shit. But Tommy Davidson. What happened to Tommy Davidson? Where's he at? Tommy's still out there. Tommy's still uh, in you clubs and doing his thing. I on rare occasions, once in a while, but I'll always have love for Tommy. Tommy helped me when I was new. 
Tommy took me on the road with him for a summer, and I learned a lot, and he introduced me to clubs that I got into. You know, Tommy was Tommy was a brilliant talent. Um, the drug thing really hurt Tommy. He he went through that phase, that yeah. era, and and I think what hurt him with that was that he, he developed a reputation for unreliability, mm, where he yeah. you know people like is he going to show up, and it right. it was the worst thing to hear. But talent wise, he was just amazing. Like I would watch Tommy work some nights when Tommy did a story, and I don't know if, how much you've ever seen him on stage I've seen or him whatever. A bunch at the store. When he starts becoming each different character in the story with his voices and singing and shit, brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. I used to watch that and just be blown away that he had that kind of talent. The fucking drug thing, man. That's the the drug, too, that cocaine drug. You know, when you talk about the drug thing, it's very rarely the pot. You know, yeah. It's always the drug yeah. thing. It's like, oh, what's he doing? You know, meth, coke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the speed ones, right? That's yeah. the one that's that do people or the booze yeah the booze do people in too well the thing and you know we talked about it on the last podcast i went through the coke and the crack thing and what happens when you get addicted to drugs like that they just dominate your life yeah so you can't you can't do anything else because the drug dominates now it's heroin right now you got people on oxy and heroin and and you know you literally see them in a nod i was in cleveland um early this past summer downtown Cleveland. You know, Ohio's got this, like, one of the bad opioid things. And you would just literally see people on the bench just nodding, like going into a nod. Like, holy shit, this is, you know, this yeah. is, I mean, it's been there, but but when people are sitting out on a park bench just going into a nod, we got a problem. And yeah, well, the, the problem in Massachusetts, there was a Anthony Bourdain show he was doing about it recently, where the problem in Massachusetts was that they were giving out pain pills to people so easily. Yeah. And people got hooked. And then when they try to get off the pain pills, because they were tightened down the, reg- the, the regulations on them, then people started turning to heroin. Right. And that was the thing in the 90s with the opioids, when, when they came out with Oxycontin and all those related drugs. They told the doctors, no, it's not addicting. Go ahead and write the prescription. And now Mm. some of those pharmaceutical companies are paying like big lawsuits because they knew back then that it was addicting. Yeah, I was just talking to another friend of mine the other day about uh, pain pills. He got addicted. He was uh, recovering from a surgery. They gave him some pain pills. And then he had some complications with the recovery. I think it was a, uh, God damn it, I can't remember. It was a knee or maybe it was a knee surgery. They had to do a re another surgery. They had to go in and because there's some scar tissue and peating. There's like you know four mm-hmm. weeks later they go and do another surgery. Uh, they give him more pain pills. So now he's on pain pills for three months, and then he tries to just get off of them. Yeah, and he's sick. Yeah, Real it's sick. Uh, you. You have to be taken off of them medically. You're not supposed yeah. to just go cold turkey. Some people do, but, but meanwhile, no one told him. No, nobody tells you. Nobody I mean, told him anything, and he's all of a sudden a heroin addict. He's I like, had, what in the fuck happened? I'm an opioid addict. I had a tooth extracted, and they gave me like, I don't know, 20 Vicodin or something, you know, for the week or something. It's like, it's a tooth. Like, yeah. like once it's gone, know, it's gone. I'm going to be okay. It's going to yeah. be sore for a day, and I'll be a but. But it's what they do. It's It's how they write the script. And then you get people who will sell them, right, who will be like, oh, I got these pills. Yeah. I can just sell them. I sold know? mine. Yeah. When I had my knee operation, I took uh, it was either Vicodin or Percocet. I can't remember which one it was, but it made me so fucked up that uh, I sold them to a friend of mine at the pool hall. So I can't take this shit. Yeah, I did. Shit's Vi- put me in a coma. I took Vicodin once, and the same way, I got sick. I didn't like. 
I didn't like the feeling and I didn't understand why people did. I'm yeah, like, like, exactly. This is the high you want. I have a friend who's a musician who is really creative on Vicodin. He said he writes music on Vicodin. I'm like, what? Like what? Yeah. He, he plays classical guitar. Mm-hmm. He takes Vicodin and just zones out and writes classical guitar music. I'm like, I don't get it, man. I felt so stupid when I took that. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like that. Um, I didn't like that feeling. But I don't mind being in a little pain. It's like I get it. I'm hurt. Like yeah. Man, yeah I, pain. I, I, there is a reason you have pain, right? Yeah. Your body saying, "Hey, some shit's wrong here." Exactly. <laughs> Pay attention to, it, or don't use this. Don't use this body part, right? Like if your elbow hurts or something, right. your body's saying, okay, don't use the elbow for a week. Yeah, hey, fuck it. Don't pick that up. Ow! Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But if you're just numb, it's just so... Uh, another, another reason not to be in the NFL. People just need to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Just relax. Just understand that this is uh, this is going to make you appreciate the good times, right? Because like right now, you're in a bad place. But that just, doesn't happen, man. We got... A uh, long time ago, Stan Hope did a bit about that, right? About anything you feel, there's a drug for it. Mm. Like any physical or emotional feeling you have. I didn't see that bit. There's How's a drug it? for it. It's a, it's a long time ago. About it. Yeah. But he's right. But, That's right. Yeah. Anything, anything, there's a drug to make it better. When I got my nose fixed, I got a deviated septum operated on. They pulled out a bunch of scar tissue and shit. Mm-hmm. And, but I'm telling you, there was no pain. I mean, it was uncomfortable for as much a time as they had to pack it. You know, it was packed up with uh, gauze or these, uh, like, foam things with tubes hanging out that dripped. Like, the blood was dripping out of it. That was uncomfortable. But when I mean uncomfortable, like, it doesn't feel good to shove both fingers up your nose and leave them there. Right. But it, I wasn't in pain. And my doctor was pushing the pills on me. He gave me two different prescriptions for pain pills. For Vicodins, and I think the other ones were Oxys. I was like, man, this doesn't hurt. And he's like, well, it might hurt later. I'm like, how's it going to hurt? Like, what's, is it going to get, something's going to change? Like, what's yeah. going to change? Like, how's it going to hurt later? Like, right now, it's just like, my nose feels uncomfortable. Like, it's not, it's not painful, though. I just, I think people just, you get told by your doctor that you're going to be in pain and you might be uncomfortable, so I have some pills for you. And you're like, Jesus, I better take these pills before it gets bad. I better take these pills before I can't take it anymore. <laughs> and you start freaking out. I will say this. I did find out the medical use for cocaine, and it absolutely works. Numbing. Yeah. I had um, a ripped cornea. Oh. Yeah. Playing ball. This guy, finger ripped across. Oh. And, and I'm talking the kind of pain where you just hit the ground like you're just done, like your body yeah. is like, don't do shit. You are in man. And I went to the doctor, and that's what they use. They put liquid cocaine eye drops wow. in my eye, and the pain disappeared instantly. I was like, Doc, can I? And he was like, no, we, we don't prescribe these. You have to come in, and we have to put wow. them in the eye. But I will say, you know how when you, you go to the doctor and you're like, make it better? Like, that's always your dream. Like, just make it better so I can leave. Yeah. He made it better. The pain just went away. <laughs> They put lidocaine up my nose when uh, I got uh, the um, the gauze sucked out and they mm-hmm. pulled the, the plugs out and he sprays lidocaine up there. I'm gonna, I've had that stuff a couple of times. One time from a real bad sunburn, I put lidocaine all over my back and it's the same feeling. It's like yeah. I'm never do, I'll never do it again. I'll just take the pain because the feeling that you get from lidocaine is just this gross weird like you feel sketchy mm. like your heart feels sketchy like oh you feel like you don't want to eat but you know you probably should but you're like, it's a lidocaine gives you a very weird feeling and mm. i 
I was eating that night. I went to a to dinner, and uh, I was eating at the steak place, and I was like barely hungry. I'm like, why do I feel like shit? And then I realized, like, oh, they pumped that fucking lidocaine in my nose. Oh, so it was in, it went in your system. Like, oh, yeah. it was in your nose, but it went in your system. I swallowed it. Yeah. I could taste it. Could taste it in the back. You know, it's because they're pumping it up your nose. Because I should have just had them yank that stuff out. Just pull it out. Because mm-hmm. it was really no big deal. Right. You know, but they, they have you convinced that you're going to be in agony, you know? Yeah, and different people have different pain tolerance. Yeah. You know, some people. Are pussies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah some so people can. And then others. Can you know? Can take it. Well, that's the so. thing about uh, jujitsu. Like jujitsu, doing jujitsu for twenty plus years, whatever I've done, you're always in pain. Mm-hmm. You just you, you you just get used to compartmentalizing. Like, oh, my arm's fucked up. Just, right. gotta, just accept it and deal with it. Because if you took a pain pill every time you were injured from jujitsu, like yeah, you're you'd be gonna, on them all. You're the time. a junkie. Yeah, you're gonna be a junkie. You know. That's you, why I avoid jujitsu. Good. <laughs> good move. Good call. Stay on those no, when motorcycles. I, when I, yeah. <laughs> when I used to play basketball all the time, though, that's the way it was. It was like my knees always hurt. Yeah, or I would something. Imagine. Yeah, something, you know. And it, the funniest one, we were in this basketball league, and everyone on my team was like mid-30s, you know, 32, 35, whatever. And we were playing these kids. These kids were like 19, 20. And we walked into the gym, and they get right on the court. They're running, and our whole team is sitting there. You're wrapping shit up with tape. Right. You're rubbing Ben Gay or some whatever ointment you got. Like our whole team is on the bench, just warming up, like rubbing and wrapping, looking at them. Like we beat them. You know, we were veterans. We know what we were doing. But it was such an obvious thing at the beginning. Like, yeah, fellas, we're getting old. And now, all of those guys who I used to play ball with all play golf. Like they that. That's up. the retired sport. Yeah, it's like, yeah, man, play some well, ball. Well, playing ball on hard concrete, too, like those yeah. hard surfaces, that shit has got to be terrible for you. All the stop and start and bouncing around. and. Well, doctors will tell you the knees aren't made for sports, you know, especially not running and jumping sports. But when you're when you're a kid, nobody's going to tell you not to play ball. Right. You, know, you know what I mean? That, like, It's funny to me when I'm watching college basketball and they're like, these guys are tired. I'm like, no, they're not. They're 19 and they're playing basketball. If they weren't here, you know where they'd be? Playing basketball. Yeah, they like it. <laughs> they'd be at the gym <laughs> or they'd be in the park. <laughs> so, yeah, they, yeah, there are a lot of things. They're not tired right now. They, they, you know, they may have lost concentration. They may have this, that, the other. But tired, you're a 19-year-old athlete. You know what kind of shape those guys are in? Yeah. Like, they're not tired. Well, basketball on a hardwood floor seems to be, it have a little gift. Yeah, it, it's got right? a little gift to it. And That's the shoes, what you need. The shoes are so much better now. I mean, you, you ever put on a pair of Converse Chuck Taylors? I wear them all the time. Now, imagine playing, like, imagine running and jumping in those. Well, there's an argument that that's some, better for you because you develop strength in your feet. Yeah. It, like, that, what you're dealing with with these basketball shoes is essentially like a big rubber cast. And that these rubber casts and all the cushioning and all that jazz actually weakens your feet. I, I don't buy it. Really? Because I can't, I I have this one pair of Nikes. I don't know what they are. They're Air something, but they got the full Air sole, and they're the only shoes I can run in. Right, you today, but yeah. you weigh what two forty? Yeah, two fifty. Two fifty. Yeah. Yeah. But so are they. Make right. no mistake. These guys are big. These guys are, are six, seven, two hundred, two hundred plus. All that stomping and everything like that. I guess, like especially, you got to consider basketball players are playing how many days a week yeah. for how many months a year. I mean, and then in the off season, it's not like they just lay around and get fat. Right, they they're working yeah. out in the off season, and also you got to look at 
how much you know money is is invested in that player. You know what I mean? Right. Like like you just what did Russell Westbrook just sign for two hundred and whatever million dollars? You better believe his feet are going to be taken care of. Like whatever shoes he's playing in are going to be the best thing possible for his feet because you got you a, got forty million dollars a year invested in when that. When a guy gets a contract like that. Do the hoes just start circling like vultures? Oh no, like, they've been there. Work? They've been there. But you how does that you, know, work? you get you know, hoes is around way before two hundred million. <laughs> but once but once that happens, they start thinking, all I need is one sperm to crack the egg and I'm good. Right? There's a lot of gals out there like that. Back in okay, what was it? Eighty eight, eighty nine, I used to play ball at Valley College all the time, like pick up ball. But it was high level. There were good you know, I played with guys who had been in like D one who had played Division One league and stuff like that. The NBA rehab was in Van Nuys, and on weekends they would come to the gym and they'd play ball with us, right? And I got to know a few players. And this one guy told me, and this is in eighty, like I said, eighty-eight, eighty-nine. He said, "An NBA kid is worth a hundred grand a year for eighteen years." He's, he said, "These chicks poke holes in the condoms." He was like, "You can't trust any of them," and that was then. Jesus. With that kind of money, that was back when you know five million was a huge contract, right? right. That, you know, so you can only imagine now. Hundred grand now, a year seems fairly inexpensive. Well, but take care but, of a child. But again, in '89, <laughs> this was back in '89. So now right. that that hundred grand is probably half a million, probably right. And you look, I think the the average salary in the NBA, including the you know guys on the bench, is like two point three million. Isn't that funny too? Yeah. Because like when you you think about like say the average person makes like what seventy grand, sixty grand a year. Like like a, is that minimum wage? I mean, not minimum wage. Uh, middle class was middle middle class like sixty, seventy. Here like in California, it is. Yeah. I think across America, I think it's like forty something. So, sort of. but the idea that this baby would live like that is like no 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 yeah like right. even though the guy doesn't even know the kid right and right she's taking care of it doesn't even know her like if if he has to be child support like you're no you're playing child support like lavish yeah lavish yeah you can't you know, like the average person like if the average family is existing off of 50 to seventy thousand dollars <laughs> a year but this woman wants a half a million for, for this kid. super baby. Yeah. It's fascinating, right? Yeah. It's like we have these weird rules. Like, right. well, how, wait a minute. Why is that the case? Because it's what dad makes, right? I know, it's but it's weird, right? proportionate to what dad makes. But, I mean, you're not asking someone to pay for a kid's living expenses. Well, that, you're asking someone to keep, keep a kid in the lap of luxury, and then the mom's going to buy a car and purses and get her fight. nails did and... That's the fight that dads have, right? A lot Ooh. of the dads are like, well, just send me the bill. Send yeah. me the bill for private school. What is this here? Antonio, how oh, do you say his Cromartie. name? Cromartie. Cromartie. Just had number 14. Took his $3 million deal from the Colts and immediately used it to settle a child support dispute with a baby mama to avoid possible arrest in the process. Cromartie was delinquent on child support payments to Rosamita Pierre. Sounds like a lovely lady. The mother of Alonzo, his oldest child, a.k.a. number one of 13 kids. He's got 14 now. It's, 14. He's up to 14. Well, uh, he was uh, ordered to pay her $4,000 per month. That's not that bad. That's actually reasonable. Now multiply that by 14. That's a lot. He got his, <laughs> his uh, tubes tied, too, last year, and I still had a kid. Damn, that's some powerful sperm. Yeah. Let me see what he looks like. Scroll up. He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> yep. 
Yep. Which is why, you know, when you get to, to Kaepernick and the boycott of football and some people are mad at the players for playing, it's like, that's why you got to play because you got 14 kids. Kaepernick can, and the boycott of football is like, what, do you, what does that have to do with transport? Me, meaning that um, the, the idea of black people boycotting football and then people saying, like, why did the players play? Like, you know, screw them. But everybody, every black player in the NFL just refused to play. And right. it's like, no, that ain't going to happen. They, no. they, they need their paychecks. This yeah. whole national anthem thing, along with football, is very weird. It's like, Football players should be playing football. UFC fighters don't have to fucking stand there with their hand over their heart to show allegiance well, it, and and to show, you know, well you're you're basically asking someone to to be domesticated, right? You know, like and you're the asking truth, them to follow the rules. The truth has come out. Like players didn't do it until like what was it? Ten 09 years ago, or yeah. something like that. When the yeah. when the government started paying the NFL to have them do it, you exactly. Know? It's yeah. This that whole thing is it's weird, man. It's weird because the the whole thing you're asking them to be, you know, they have to to give in. You know, They're, you're asking them to to follow the rule. My my problem with it, and I called it the misdirection. The protest never had to do with the flag. Right. It's about the cops. protest had to do with cops and the treatment, and it was just he just did it at that point because that's a powerful statement. Yeah. To do it at that point, you know, and and. Now the the misdirection, the changing of the topic is making it a, about the flag, and it's like, no, that's not what they were. They were never protesting the flag yeah. or veterans or or right. Americans or what. And and again, when you get into those rules of the flag, you're not supposed to have the flag on t-shirts or bikinis or right. hats or or a million other things we sell with right. the flag on it. Like if you want to talk about respecting the flag, we wouldn't do any of that. You You're know? right, and, yeah. And you you summed it up. I mean, it is. It's about control, right? It's the same thing with these freedom of speech marches, like where, yeah, it's okay to have freedom of speech as long as you're saying something I agree with. Right, right. But well, the, the problem with this whole Kaepernick thing is that it's not an effective form of protest, too, because it's getting people pissed off for the wrong reasons. Right? Well, it was it's getting people thinking that you're you're protesting America itself. And they're right. like, why don't you fucking move to Canada? You know, people start getting crazy about it. But to, to say what he's trying to do or what he was trying to do was protest all these unarmed people getting shot by cops. So he takes a knee for that. But the national anthem doesn't have shit to do with those cops. Right. Well, it just became a thing of when one guy did it and he did it as a protest and he said he wanted to start the conversation and then the conversation got lost. Yeah. And now the conversation is completely lost. And the, the argument is yeah. a completely different topic. And, um, you know, that. But, yeah, what you said, control is definitely part of it. Same thing with the universities, right, with free speech on the universities. Yeah. And, you know, when you look at a school like Berkeley, Berkeley had a reasonable argument. It's like, look, when we bring one of these radical speakers here and it costs a million dollars for security, who's going to pay that? It's like, we, if you're going to pay it, fine, we'll let you talk. But if nobody's going to pay the million dollars for security, then we can't have these radical speakers here. Well, sort of. You know, the problem with that article is they've had those speakers there forever. And then when they started having these Antifa protests, and they also started supporting these Antifa protests. That's a big issue. Well, well, they stopped having cops go after the Antifa people. And the Berkeley, the, literally the chief of police was literally telling people, or the mayor was telling the police to stand down. 
and let these people protest. And not just protest. They were being very violent and attacking things. And you're setting up a reaction-action event. So if you have something like that where people are breaking windows and lighting things on fire or doing whatever they're doing, you're going to have people that say, fuck those people. We're going to meet there and we're going to protest the anti-protest people and then next thing you know you've got a real issue in your hands well that but that's the point that's that's where we're at now where everything has to be that big an issue yeah you're right 20 years ago 10 years ago at berkeley you could have had uh, a speaker a right-wing speaker that the school didn't agree with and there would have been some protesters outside just not even a couple years ago but then it became and this is this is a social media effect right Mm -hmm. the speaker brings his social media thing and he needs to stir it up to build his social media side and then some people come and then the other side gets mad just what you said yeah. and they bring there and then you bring the angry groups from both sides are going to meet and then they're like okay that now it's but because it makes the whole thing bigger it's like promoting a fight right you know what i mean it's like promoting a fight it's like it's one thing if two guys get into a fight but if you promote that fight for a month three months, six months ahead, that fight's going to be huge. And this is the same thing. They're promote these speakers. The, the, the protest is part of the publicity. Right. You know, so, well, there's speakers and then there's people that are provocateurs, right? Like, you know, Milo, you know, right. that's, that's a he's better a, term. He's so, a provocateur. Yeah, I shouldn't say speakers. I should say provocateurs. Whereas Ben Shapiro is a speaker. Mm-hmm. Ben Shapiro is an intellectual and he's a guy yeah. who's got some very solid arguments, whether you agree with him or not. He's, he's got some real facts to go with his arguments. And they were, <laughs> he's a Jew and he wears a, a yarmulke and people are calling him a Nazi. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like he, this whole punch Nazi thing right. and getting, I mean, just. The, the arguments are getting so blurry, and it's just like we were talking about before when it comes to gun control. It's teams. You know, you're on, I'm on team left wing. I support Antifa. Yeah. You know, I'm on team right wing. I support the, you know, conservatives and POTUS. Like, the people that are calling Trump POTUS, you know, you know you're know, you defaming POTUS. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's fucking Trump. <laughs> it's Donald Trump. I mean, if there's ever an argument, this Man. is ridiculous. The fucking guy who was the host yeah. of The Apprentice is now the guy you're calling POTUS. Not Joe, Joe. You're disrespecting the White House. Dis- disrespecting POTUS. <laughs> I mean, it's like literally like the Pope. It gets to this almost like papal situation, right? And again, th- th- these are the same people who said the exact same thing about Barack Obama. Yeah. You know, last oh, yeah. year, right? But, right. But the the president has never been uh-huh. disgraced or insulted. Like, really? They insulted Obama really? when he wore a tan suit. We played that a they couple of weeks ago. They lost their minds when Obama wore a tan suit. I mean, that I was the it was end, a big deal. That was the end of, of America. Disrespecting the office with off-color clothing. It's a gang color. That's right. He's and gang then, uh, Sandy. And then Michelle Obama wore a sleeveless dress. And I think I think that was just, you know. Didn't Alex Jones do something recently saying that uh, Michelle Obama was a man? Like proof that Michelle Obama was a man? Fuck. He's yeah. on some shit today. They'll do all that shit when Michelle ain't in the room. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, know? Yeah. you know, it was easy for Donald Trump to call pro football players sons of bitches from Huntsville, Alabama. Yeah. Let's try it on the sideline right. with a few of them standing next to you. Sons of bitches. Yeah, fire those sons of bitches. You're fired. They shouldn't have them fucking stand for the national anthem. First of all, if you want to have a national anthem for a game, 
what are you saying? Are you, I mean, is this? I mean, you're 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 rallying up patriotism at a sporting event. Sporting events are supposed to be entertaining. It's supposed to remove us from all of our daily bullshit. Right. If it's going to be entertaining, be entertaining. Yeah. And, and they, if, did, they. Sorry, I didn't mean it. Okay. They they did a thing this past week at the Rams game, like during the national anthem. How many people were in the beer line? How many guys were taking a piss? Oh yeah. How many? You, you know what I mean? It's not they, like those guys it's not take like a everybody knee. stopped. Yeah, take a knee turned. while you're pissing. Yeah, it's not like you know, not like everybody <laughs> stopped and turned and held their hand over their heart. Yeah. Like yeah, well, I got my dick in my hand. It's right gonna be now. people <laughs> literally, literally running into the bathroom, beating people's asses for pissing during the national anthem if you tell them they can. It's just uh, it's a. It, the protest is ineffective, right? Getting on your knees, it just causes too much controversy. And here's the other problem with it. It doesn't stop anything. It doesn't stop right. co cops from doing anything. It doesn't even shed light on it. It just it points to you, and people start talking about, well, what is it that you're protesting? Well, we're, we're mad at you because you're not standing up for the national anthem. It creates all this noise, and all again, this political this is, noise. That's the part I call the misdirection, because initially when Kaepernick did it, it had some meaning. It had right. some meaning to him, yeah. and it was about starting a conversation. And when it became this bigger thing, like you're talking about, when it became this, oh, you're anti-American, you're anti-troops, yeah. or blah, 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 now it's lost its effectiveness. Yeah. Now, yeah, you got to do something else because that doesn't, it, you're right, it doesn't mean anything anymore. People don't even know, they don't even know why you're doing it, but they right. hate you for doing it. You well, know there's what I mean? too many it's people like, doing it now, too. Right. Well, why are you doing it? I do it because I hate puppies. Yeah, like, exactly. Who the fuck is, you know, exactly. and now everybody's doing it because they're mad at Trump talking yeah. shit about the NFL. Right. So you're getting just giant groups of people doing it now, much right. more so than before. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's, it's lost its effectiveness. It's lost its importance. And, you know, and the players, a lot of the players get caught in the middle, right? Because yeah. if you do have a thing where your team says you can't do it or you're going to be fined or you're going to... Whatever. Are now, they saying that? Yes. Yeah, uh, the NBA said that it's against the rules. The now, NBA? The NBA. But so is now, anybody doing that in the NBA yet? Uh, they, they, well, they hadn't started playing. The NBA just started this week in preseason. Right, but and the before NBA it started, in before the past. It, in the past, the NBA did things like they've worn um, I Can't Breathe t-shirts oh, for yeah, Eric Garner. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And they've, they've done things like that. Hands N up, NBA don't players, shoot. NBA players are a bit more sophisticated in their protests, and I think they're also more united. Less head trauma. You know, yeah. Probably a big part yeah. of it. <laughs> they've, they've also been encouraged, I think, to speak out, whereas I don't know that the NFL players are also well, encouraged to speak out in public I don't on know these if topics. The, I don't know if, if basketball players are necessarily encouraged to speak out, or the big difference with the NBA, the players are bigger than the team. Right, right, right. They're huge, fan, huge yeah. Uh, stars. Yeah. So you have like LeBron is bigger than the Cavaliers. Curry is bigger than the Warriors. When LeBron tweeted in, "You bum" at the yeah. president, I was like, "Oh my goodness! Like, where are we? Yeah. Where Where are we going with a where a, a fucking superstar pro athlete is tweeting "You bum" at the president of the United States, who <laughs> happens to be a reality show host? <laughs> Fuck, man, this is. Crazy. But, but theoretically, you know, look, we've elected a reality show host. LeBron could be the president in 20 years. 100% with know? Vice President Kanye. <laughs> Vice President Kanye with a fucking Prozac drip. He would have an IV bag dripping right into his arm while he's standing there, like zoning out, getting chubby. Uh, Kim uh, Kardashian is Kim telling Kardashian him what to do. Kim Kardashian is the ear. first lady. Whoa, why, why the not? hell not? 
Why, Why not? the hell not? Melania can barely speak English. That's right. They're, they're talking about immigration, closing the border. Like, what the fuck? Where'd you get her? <laughs> Where'd you get her? She doesn't even speak, and she did lesbian porn. I, mean, I don't. I don't watch. I don't watch Bill Maher all the time, but apparently he did this some kind of top ten list about Melania, and if one of the jokes was she has no first language. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a joke that Russell Beter said about Yoshi, you know, Yoshi Kobayashi. That she, he was saying, he goes, uh, he goes, Yoshi speaks terrible English, but when you talk to people that speak Japanese, his Japanese sucks too. It's like you don't have a language, man. Like you have no real language. Yeah, it's um, the whole thing is it's this this football thing is very strange. It's it's very yeah. strange because now they're they kicked these two high school kids right. off the team. Because they, they're following their heroes, right. so they say, fuck it, I'm going to take a knee, too. First of all, if you're taking a knee, you should at least be able to write an essay. Yeah. Tell me why you're taking a knee, son. You know, And, and you got to know the difference between your, Y-O-U-R, and Y-O-U-apostrophe-R-E, and, you know. You also got to be starting. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like it, if the starting quarterback takes a knee, hmm. there's a lot more latitude than a, yeah. a, you know, a second-string defensive end. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, you know, if trust me, if if uh, you know Aaron Rodgers, if if Dak Prescott was taking a knee, this be a whole different conversation. <laughs> well, was Colin, Colin be, Kaepernick wasn't a big star player? He was, but he fell off. He, Do you his, think he fell off because of the controversy and all the hate? No, I don't know what it was. He his, he had he had started falling off before that. So that and was how I he got back in the game. I don't know what it was. I, yeah, I don't know what it, I mean. But one of the arguments is, and it is true. He's a lot better than a lot of quarterbacks who have jobs. See, that, oh. that was the thing. They, they said, no, it's not a conspiracy because of the protests. But then they showed the numbers of like various backup quarterbacks who are in the league, and he's better than a lot of them. And then one of the owners, I think it was Baltimore, where the coach wanted him, and the owner was like, no, nah, I don't want him because of the protests. So it became mm. a thing of where they said, they said he's not blackballed because of the protests. But then it came out, yeah, he was blackballed because of the protests. And again, that that's one of those things where, and you know this, with any athlete, like, your complaints depend on where you are in your career. Sure. Well, it, Tom Brady even said the president was divisive. Yeah. And when Tom Brady said that, everybody went, oh, Jesus. Right, right. He's not taking the knee yet, but they're, they're hooking arms. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's well, hooking arms in, in, in unity. Because when Trump spoke out against the NFL, now he, he's aiming at their money. Yeah. You know, when he's telling fans not to go to the games, yeah. like those owners love him, but now they're like, whoa, hold the fuck up now. Yeah. That's money out of our pocket. Everybody's you know? saying hold the fuck up now because it is working. DirecTV just offered this gigantic refund for their NFL package Yeah, because people are pissed off that people are taking a knee. You're paying to see football, you fucks. Yeah. You're not paying to see people stand with their hand over their heart. Like, what? Here's the here's the solution. Take all that shit out of the game. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you want the players to be compliant and submissive, well, you're you're asking a, a, the wrong thing. Right. You're talking about super athletes is what uh, what is essentially a group combat sport. That's what football is. Yeah. Okay. And if they're not, I mean, what are you doing here? You're you're telling them to keep their job. They have to put their hand over their heart and stand in a certain position. That seems very fucking bizarre. Well, Fox. Fox said that they're going to stop televising the national anthem. Yeah. And it was pointed out, well, you didn't used to televise the national anthem. Yeah. Like, you, you didn't televise it until two weeks ago right. when it became controversial. Before that, you, we'd be listening to those three guys in the studio 
right up till the kickoff. And yeah. the only time they televised it is if it was like Whitney Houston was singing it, where right. it was, yeah, you know, a big deal. That was a big deal. So. Well, I'm a big fan of no anthem in sports because I like sports to be sport. Like the, one of the things I love about the UFC, there's no national anthems. You don't have to play, you know, if like they don't have to play the Brazilian national anthem right. when Jose Aldo's fighting or the American national anthem when Chris Weidman's fighting. You don't have to do that. Yeah. Like just, you just have, go right to the fight. Here's the main event of the evening. Boom. Entertainment. Blah, blah, blah. And if someone wants to make some sort of a political statement or a stand, they can do that in an interview. Yeah. And then that interview will be judged based on the content of whatever the conversation is. And that's how it should be. This weird sort of way where someone taking a knee is supposed to protest cops shooting people, but it doesn't say that while you're yeah. taking the knee. You're taking the knee during the anthem. The anthem is supposed to be all of us. It's supposed to be America. Yeah, but, the but whole again. group as a team, like the United States of America, not you know the Seahawks versus the Dolphins. Put all that aside for a second. We're all in this together. That's the idea. I understand why he did it, and I understand why he did it then, because it, it was the way to call attention to it. But now that's lost. But you know what the national anthem has been historically? Get to your seat. The game's about to start. Mm-hmm. That's all it was. Yeah. It was like the, the, to, the what's the last word in the last two words of the national anthem? Play ball. Yeah. Like that's literally, yeah. that's what we thought was part of the song because that's what you heard right at the end. The umpire yelled, play ball, and the game started, yeah. you know. So I understood what Kaepernick did, but now it's done. It, and now it's been compromised and changed and the arguments changed. And, and yeah, it's, you know, and he's still not playing. People are using the land of the free to shake their dick as they're like yeah. trying to get it out. Like, get Hurry down up, there for the game. In the land of the free. What is this? Uh, this just came out now uh, this afternoon, maybe even within the hour, that 1,200 players' personal data has been exposed in a leak by hackers in the <sighs> NFL, including Colin Kaepernick's data. What kind of data? Uh, personal information. Off of a server from the NFLPA, oh, the Players Association. Now was that NFL. was that a yeah. hack there, or did they just have uh, what no. Experian or Equifax or whatever well, the hell it was? Right. Well, so they had a Bitcoin ransom. They were trying to say they would uh, <laughs> get rid of this leak, but uh, it is now coming out. Only four hundred twenty-eight oh, bucks. That's all they asked at the time. How crazy is that, though? Give yeah. them four hundred twenty-eight bucks. I know <laughs> someone that happened to that Bitcoin <laughs> hack. Really? Yeah, yeah. I was just talking to her this weekend. She has an accounting company, and apparently these hackers take control of your uh, database, Mm -hmm. and they have an encryption key, and you have to pay them in Bitcoin to get the encryption key to get back your own data. Yeah, there's a giant um, group of people from other countries that that engage in this, and they they target large businesses and people that will be willing to pay. Yeah, it's like like an extortion thing. Yeah, very weird. See, now you have something to lose. Me, if you want to hold my 428 followers hostage, (laughs) go ahead. I'll just start another website. <laughs> this, do you think Colin Kaepernick gets confronted by the, the suits? Do you think they sit him down and go, hey, man, you got to stop doing this. This is fucking up everybody. And I think they did last year. And what I do you, think what, they did last year. Where and, do you think this goes? Because um, my, my question is, like, when the more Trump tweets about this, ratings down, LF, NFL bad, sad, you know, he tweets that, and all the Trumpettes go along with it, and then they start boycotting people. I see all these fucking tweets, boycott the NFL and all this 
crazy thing. And you know, you know where it goes. It goes nowhere because we have no attention span as a nation. But it's going to have to stop or continue. Well, but again, this is the thing. We we just had this mass shooting, right? So the attention now will be on on the NRA and you know guns and and so on. You know what I mean? And the NFL will be on the back burner. Like we have in the past month, six weeks, Confederate statues, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Hurricanes. Charlottesville. Uh, yeah. Uh, the NFL. Now it's a mass shooting. You know what I mean? We have right. no we have no attention span as a nation, so it will just go away. And and in another month, people will be watching football. There'll be something else. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there's always there's always the latest big story, and then that story. You know, I haven't heard a thing about a Confederate statue in the last two weeks of them getting knocked down, of them getting put back up. Yeah, or whatever. You know what I mean? It's just, it's so it's true. Uh, right, wrong, or indifferent, America has zero attention span. Yeah, did, you, did you see what that fucking lady from CBS, that top executive, she was like a vice president at CBS, some huge position. She went on Facebook saying she didn't feel bad for the people that got shot in Vegas because they were Republicans. They were likely Republicans. She's talking about hundreds of people that got yeah. shot for going to a country music concert. Like, the fact that she just made this blanket statement, she thought they were likely Republicans because they were at a country music concert? You know, the the thing about that, this and this is the thing about freedom of speech that people forget. You have freedom of speech, but there's consequences. Right. It's not freedom of speech without consequence. So she can say that, and then if CBS fires her the next day, it's like, well, you shouldn't have said that shit. You know, you, you should us. have kept it yeah. to yourself. Or you should have told your friends at the cocktail party. But the minute you made that public statement, we don't want to be associated with you. But it's what we're talking about earlier, this team thing, that someone could be so ideologically isolated. They're so locked into this liberal bubble that they think it's okay to say something like that, that it's okay for mass murder to exist. And you don't feel bad for those right. mass it, Because those people, you because don't agree with they them don't politically. share your team ideology. I mean, what did you, is that, what is her name, this lady? It's fucking insane. Yeah. That I mean, this, this that woman, level. Was a, she was a very high level executive. This isn't like some crazy person. I think the key word in your sentence is was. Was, yeah. Well, she's fucked now. I mean, she's likely fucked forever. I mean, this is not something that people forget. What is she was yeah, a vice was president fired. of business affairs? Oh no, they yeah, vice president of business affairs. Yeah, Haley Giftman Gold wrote on her Facebook page she was not sympathetic to vic- victims of shootings because she claimed most country music fans are Republicans. Wow, she wrote that if they w- wouldn't do anything when children were murdered, I have no hope that repugs will ever do the right thing. I am actually not even sympathetic. Because country music fans are often our Republican gun toters. Holy well, shit. You got the right to say it and you got the right to lose your job. Not you even got, you know. sympathetic is such a. I mean, that could have been your sister, yeah, your mom, exactly. your mo- your daughter, someone's little kid. I mean, th- that was a country music thing, right? There was a, a, a lot of family type folks that are there. Country music events, man, I don't know what time of night that it all went down, but how yeah. old were the people I don't know, there? Like 10. Saw a kid in the video, one of those videos. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sure. There's there's See, kids at country music things. The, the, what I what I said was, had it been a rap concert, they would have blamed the artists. 
not if a white guy did it. There would have been some serious calls of, of horrific racism. It's just lucky that a white guy was shooting white people. You know, because <laughs> and if, again, you, you know, know, you know, it's the reason I laugh because like that's how horrific we become as a society. Yeah, that that's the statement. Like you know, you know what I mean. Like yeah, well, it was a white guy shooting white people, so we couldn't twist the race into you know you know well, what that's I mean. What I like saw we're, today about someone was writing about white privilege. Right, we're we're so. I, we're insane. We're insane that yeah. that 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 is the issue with something like this, you know. But but it's it's true. I mean, what you're saying is true. But we've reached that level of insanity that that statement is true. Come at, imagine how freaked out people would be if that was a Muslim that did this. Oh, that'd be the, it'd be war. war. It would be war. War. It would be war in 100%. the streets. Yeah. And and you know no, actually like no Muslim would be safe in America. I mean, is, are we going to have war on white dudes with guns? No. No. I mean, the, the, there was white dudes with guns that got shot by a white dude with guns. Right. Everyone must feel so so conflicted because a lot of those people that were in the audience, like one of the country music guys actually came out and said that he completely switched his stance on gun rights. He said, I've been a Second Amendment advocate my entire life. He goes, I have concealed carry permits uh, there's people that with concealed carry permits that were on my staff. Yeah, guitarist in Las Vegas control changed his mind on gun control. What is his name? Caleb. Caleb Keeter. Caleb Keeter sounds like the whitest fucking dude that's ever lived. Caleb Keeter, Caleb good old Keter. boy. <laughs> my name's Caleb. Caleb Keeter. I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say Caleb yeah. Keeter drives a truck. Oh, for sure. He's got a base. <laughs> Does he have a basketball? I mean, or a, a baseball hat or a cowboy hat? Level ninety five wizard. Guitarist for the what is that? Josh Abbott band. Josh Abbott band. See, I'll say something like that. I'm like, who the fuck are they? And then you go to their Twitter page. They have 24 million followers. Yeah. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> I don't understand. Country but, music is a whole different world. A whole man. different world. But you know, the, again, we're getting back to where we started, which is great, and the insanity of of the whole thing. But the problem, what you said about like a white guy doing this shooting. We were talking about everyone's in their team, right? Everyone's in their group. Yeah. But this ruins the narrative. Right. Because if our narrative is the Muslims are terrorists, they, right. it's they, they are the terrorists and, and the black people are criminals and the Mexicans are, you know, rapists and dope dealers and everything, then, oh shit, one of ours did it to us. A millionaire. Yeah. A white right. millionaire now, who's a real estate investor and a gambler. Right. This this ruins your narrative. Now yeah. you have to now you have to figure out how to change your story to make him other because he has to somehow become other. There are people that are taking advantage oh, of it absolutely. in a fucked up way. Like absolutely. I saw this article on white privilege. They're saying that the shooter had white privilege and using his white privilege. That's how he walked through the casino with all these guns and all this equipment and shit like that. I'm like, what? He's a fucking no, that, psychopath. No, I, I believe white privilege exists in certain circumstances, not in that one. Yeah, that's a ridiculous that was, argument. You know. what, are you, what are you looking at, Jamie? Oh, white privilege of the lone roof shoot. Oh, that fucking guy. Of course. That fucking fake black guy. Mm -hmm. This, of course, it's him who writes that. That guy is such a race pimp. Oh, you're talking about the, the article about the guy being a lone wolf? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this, I read that. This whole thing that we're dealing with has so many different facets to it. The the mass shooter thing. 
But a big part of it is the fact that it becomes the narrative for the entire country. It becomes a, a huge part of what everybody's talking about. And these people that have, for whatever reason, they have this need to be a guy who gets paid attention to. And this, this gets back to your point about mental health. Yeah. And our mental health is a nation that the mass shooter is a thing. Yeah. Like, you know, um, I think it was Trevor Noah was talking about on The Daily Show where we're really not surprised anymore. Right. You know, because he said, like, he's been in the United States for two years, living in New York for two years, and how many mass shootings this is. And, and it's like, but Americans are like, yeah, you know, another one. Yeah. And we 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 got to develop some sense of outrage before we do something about this. Or like the Onion article was talking about, we just like, well— We'll just hope that it doesn't happen again. We're, we won't do anything differently. And <laughs> right. hope we're it not going to do again. anything different, but we're just going to hope, you know, yeah. and, and that and that line, the the thoughts and prayers line. Yeah. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Your, our thoughts and prayers go out to no. Well, people because, feel like they need to say something. Right. And And people do. But if you're if you're in the government, if you're a policymaker, then you do more than just say that you yeah. got you got to. You know, put your balls on the line and step up and do something. Challenge the, challenge the gun lobby about registration of weapons. It it was easier for them to challenge the hotel lobby about security in hotels mm. than to challenge the gun lobby about registration of weapons. But here's now, the thing about the pro- registration of weapons. This guy had these weapons illegally. I mean, these are still, like, at the end of the day, you're talking he about did. a criminal possessing criminal weapons. Same thing as Sandy Hook. He got well, a- access yeah, but to those Sandy illegally. Hook, he got them from his mom yeah. who got them legally. Right. But he got and, it illegally. And yeah. yeah. But you can still make it, like you said, if you made it more difficult, if you had to d- take a class, if you had to register. If your shit had to be, be a, a percentage, safe. There'd be a percentage yeah. that didn't, didn't have them. Yeah. I mean, your shit should be locked up. I mean, it's just, I just don't know. But it's, what's interesting, too, is that Trump used to be a Democrat. He yeah. was a Democrat forever. Trump's a publicity guy. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? And and he's, you know, this is, this goes back to Sarah Palin, right? Like, I never liked Sarah Palin or agreed with Sarah Palin, but I respected Sarah Palin's ability to manipulate the media. Sarah Palin knew how to keep her name in the news. You know, uh, you, you know Kim Kardashian's another one. Like, you may not like Kim Kardashian, but guess what? You know who she is. Right. You know who she is. We all know who she is. I read somewhere that she is the most famous woman on earth. And I can believe that. And oh, that, yeah. I had a whole bit about it. I had a whole bit about aliens come down here and try to figure <laughs> out why that's the most famous woman on Earth. Right. And we explained to her by using O.J. Simpson. Yeah. Like the whole idea is uh, that O.J. Simpson, you know, got out of, you know, the, the like Robert Kardashian was O.J. Simpson's one of his yeah. attorneys. Mm-hmm. I they remember all, that. They all died yeah. of cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what's fucked up. Yeah. F. Lee Bailey's the only guy that's alive. Mm-hmm. And he's broke and living in Maine somewhere. Yeah. Everybody that got OJ off was just ostracized, mm-hmm. and Johnny Cochran died of cancer. Yeah, Kardashian died of cancer. They all just the fucking hate that came their way. A lot of brothers in jail because Johnny Cochran died. <laughs> we, we miss Johnny Joe. I ain't gonna lie to you, Joe. We miss Johnny. He Johnny. fucked up. He <laughs> fucked up with the OJ. Johnny case. was good, man. <laughs> if the glove does not fit, you must acquit. And everybody was like, "What?" There's a lot of ball players doing time saying, "Damn, Johnny." Are you? Uh, <laughs> So you watched that whole Cuba Gooding oh, yeah. Jr. thing. Mm-hmm. I've only watched one episode. I watched one episode last night, but it brought it all back. Underrated actor. Oh, yeah. He was. He won an Oscar. Yeah, I know. 
but then but sort of dropped off. Yeah, you look at and and that movie he did with De Niro about being the first black diver um, was a Man of Honor. It was a phenomenal movie. Did you ever see that movie? No, I never even heard of it. Yeah, it's it's. I'm I'm pretty sure it's called Man of Honor or something. It's Cuba Gooding Jr. plays the first black deep sea diver, and it's a true story. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Unbe- uh, Men of Honor 2000. Yeah. Check that out. He sort of I mean, dropped off in a weird way. Like, I wonder what happened with him. I don't know. It's one of those things. When he gets a chance to play a role, he's phenomenal in it. But so many times he gets these, you know, clown right. movies, bullshit roles and stuff like that. I don't, I don't know how Hollywood works on that level. So I don't know what what it is. But uh, I think it's some poor yeah. choices. Poor choices after, uh, what was the fucking agent movie? Show me the money. What the fuck was that? Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire. Mm-hmm. After that movie, there was a big drop off. Yeah, I it mean, happens. You know, you know, same thing happened with uh, Jamie Fox. Yeah, but Jamie Fox you is know? still in the mix. He still yeah. does everything. Yeah, I mean, he was in the yeah, Django. No, Jamie Fox and... worked. He was great in Django and that Baby Baby Driver. I didn't see that one. I heard it was, it was amazing. Yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah, yeah, he's good in that. Jamie Foxx is just one of those weird dudes. It seems like he could do anything. Super talent. Yeah, super yeah, talent. And, and super talent. personable, too. That's yeah. the other thing about him. Like yeah, you I hang met out him. with him. He's just such a normal guy. Met him last year. Couldn't have been nicer. He was very cool. Yeah, he know. did the podcast like a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Just, it's normal as it comes. There's a recent clip of him describing the potential Tyson movie that they might be making and like the opening of it that they might have worked out. It's fucking aw- It's like a three-minute clip of him just describing it, doing a little Tyson impression in there. Oh, well, he it's can do really amazing good. impressions. Yeah. He would be great as Tyson. You just have to do a lot of roids. Yeah, he's going to have to get real thick. Roid it up. Because they are completely different body types. Yeah, he would right. have to roid it up. Mm-hmm. And he would have to actually learn how to box. I don't know if he does, but if you can't have... Yeah. A guy like he might have trained some when he did Ali. He was he was what Ali's corner man when um, Will Smith yeah. played Ali. Wasn't he Bondini Brown? Yeah, he was. Yeah, so well, he, Will Smith pl- pulled it off. He looked yeah. like a boxer. Mm-hmm. He looked like he had been training. But there's a few guys that you know. It's yeah, there he is. <laughs> yeah, there's a few guys that just don't pull it off. That the the when they're, you're playing a fighter like. Even uh, Russell Crowe, when he played Jim Braddock, is like, mm, not buying you a box. Imagine if boxing really was like movie fights, where every punch connects. <laughs> well, some fights are. Go watch Arturo Gotti versus Mickey Ward. Those fucking fights literally were movie fights. Yeah. That's what everybody was so jazzed up about. Right. Yeah. Some of the most, I mean, blood and guts fights for sure but preposterous fights mm-hmm. they stood right in front of each other and beat the shit out of each other that was um Hagler Hearns that was the oh, only fight i yeah. saw that that was a movie fight like yeah we're just going to stand here wow. and just punch each other until it's over that was well hagler just decided fight. that that fight he I mean he fought very strategically in most fights you know, when he fought Mugabe, Mugabe was a murderous puncher, and he took Mugabe into deep water and then fucked yeah. him up and stopped him. But not Hearns. He said, I'm going to jump right in your face, motherfucker. Yeah. Like, they didn't like each other. No, they didn't. And, and didn't yeah. didn't Hearns break his hand? Like, that's on why Hagler's he couldn't head. keep punching. He broke yeah. his hand on Hagler's head. Yeah. And yeah. he hurt Hagler. Yeah. He stunned Hagler in the first round, mm-hmm. but Hagler had a preposterous chin. Yeah. Preposterous. His only knockdown his entire career was a bullshit knockdown. I forgot. Get who it was that knocked him down, but uh, 
some Argentinian dude. But it was a bullshit knockdown. It was a fake knockdown. It was like a slip. And then he moved to Italy and started making movies. Just banging Italian chicks. Right. If you go to Italy, man, I know. you realize, you're like, why am I trying so yeah, hard? There he is. Yeah. Roldan. Yeah. Yeah. The night Marvin Hagel was not knocked down. They should, that's a fucking stain on his record, man. They should go back and remove that. It was not a knockdown. You can see, see are they going to play it? Play it. Let's watch. Oh. See if you could find the, the knockdown. It's a bullshit fucking knockdown. They don't have a, a clip of Roldan knocking down Marvin Hagler? Marvin Hagler still beat his ass. He had um, ridiculous muscles on the side of his head that was like he was built with, like, like he was born, born with headgear. <laughs> his temples, they said the the muscles that surrounded his temples were three times larger than a normal person's. Yeah, well, that happens, right? Certain yeah. athletes. Oh, for sure, man. Some guys have bigger Some dicks. Some guys are born. Yeah, yeah, just show it real quick. Let's see here. Bullshit knockdown. I mean, he just, like, pushed down the back of his head. Are they going to show it? No. Oh, they're going to show it in between rounds. Yeah, just let it go for a second here. What'd you do? I was trying to go back. Oh, you just want to see that replay, sorry. Yeah. Show just in between rounds, they'll show it on the replay. So he went back to his corner. 48 KOs in his 62 fights. And he's one of the few guys that when he lost to Sugar Ray Leonard, he just went, fuck this. Mm -hmm. And I don't think he lost that fight. I've watched that fight a few times. I thought it was a, a decision for Hag or should have been a decision for Hagger. Look at this. See, he's yeah, he total slipped. slipped. Yeah, he slipped. Total slip. He's he mm -hmm. mostly yeah, he, missed he the punch. The top of his head grazed the punch. And Hagler slipped. See, he just kind of pushed him down with his forearm, and mm -hmm. Hagler bounced right up. That is not a knockdown, you motherfuckers. But he took some bombs from Mugabe. Mugabe was murdering people at the time. But you know, we were talking about football players. Boxers is another one where mm -hmm. they don't know when to let it go. Yeah, like you got you got you can only take so many punches to the head. Yeah, well, MMA fighters as well. Yeah. Chuck Liddell's talking about making a comeback now. Yeah, you, know, you get hooked on the fame, but you got at some point you got it. And it's not even when they get old; it's when they get to like fifty, like late forties or fifty. You not know? even that. I mean, Liddell's talking about making a comeback now at forty-eight, and I think he's been out of the fight game for at least five or six years. The UFC gave him a no, um, like sort of a no-show job. Yeah. For a while. And they said, look, you don't have to work. You just come in, do some events every now and then, and you get a, a chunk of money every month. And so he was living off that and doing really well with that. But then the UFC sold. And when the UFC sold, they killed those jobs. Hmm. This whole fucking UFC sold thing is so crazy because they bought it for $4 billion. B -b billion. Right. Like to make the monthly nut. They had to cut a hundred jobs from the UFC. A hundred people got fired, mm -hmm. and now they gotta they gotta figure out some way to, to build it. Well, it's not just that. It's like you gotta you gotta make payments every month. Mm -hmm. So they sold some more of it off. They sold some more of the assets off to some other corporations or some other people. And I'm glad I don't have to deal with that shit, dude. I just show up and talk. Yeah, so I don't. You know, I don't envy the people that have to deal with the the bean counters the and the money. Side. Yeah. What I mean, what is worth four billion dollars? Star Wars. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere you can just sell right? it right? in a million Star different Wars. ways. And 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 they're, they're, it was like worth it. Yeah. Like yeah. I bought Star Wars for four billion dollars, and I'm making money. Yeah, that makes sense. 
Yeah, Disney yeah. bought that. Yeah. But then they put Star Wars rides and like license all this shit. It's yeah. Disney. You know, you can You ever do you that get Star Jar- Tours? Get Jar Jar Banks to come to your birthday party. I bet you can. There's a, a whole team of them probably. Have you done that ride at Disneyland? When was yeah. the last time you've been at Disneyland? You uh, sit down that ride, you go through yeah. it's like a virtual reality I did it earlier Star Trek this year. Ride, Star mm-hmm. Wars ride. Yeah. That ride is awesome. Yeah. yeah. I mean, again, it's when Disney does something, they're going to do it, right? The the movies like the there's not going to be any more of those uh, Jar Jar Binks movies no. or any of that. Like Disney's, like yeah, we we're going to handle this. Yeah, that guy you didn't know? work out. He's no. still he's in the uh, the Star Tours movie though. Yeah, that thing, the little thing when you sometimes you run into him like underwater, he's drowning right. and everybody gets excited. But it's uh, <laughs> but the quality of the movies went back up. Oh yeah, for sure. What, you know they don't play games. Yeah, a lot of money invested. They're doing a Star Wars park. At Disneyland. Yeah. Some gigantic fucking huge it was, thing. Uh, it was, what was it? It used to be called Tomorrowland or something like that. It was something else, and they're converting it and making the whole yeah. thing into Star Wars. Yeah. They said yeah. it's going to be open in like two years, and it's going to be insane. I don't know how old you are, but do you remember 50. when the first movie came? So, yeah, you remember yeah. when the first movie came out? Fuck yeah. Like, like think about that. when Think about George Lucas. Like, I'm going to make a movie that's going to change culture. It is literally... They're going to bring, lang- like, change language. Like, we're going to have, you know, things we talk about, right? Like Jedi mind tricks and yeah. the Force. And it, it, it's it got to be mind-boggling to sit back and say, yeah, I created this whole thing. Got to be mind-boggling. But do you think he set out to do that? I mean, he set out to just make a I don't killer think he did. movie. No, he just set out yeah. to make a great movie. And just hit all the buttons for people. Everything. For, for generations. Yeah. You know, generations to be like, you know. He had all the things. He had the rebel with the fucking giant gorilla that followed him around. Yep. The the gun. The wise Yoda. Old (laughs) wise Yoda. He had the wise Yoda. He had the old man who was the master who was showing him how to do it. The master dies. One of the greatest villains of all time. Oh, the best. The guy could kill people with his mind. Yeah. Yeah. And he and he fucking you didn't even see his eyes. You couldn't see anything. (laughs) No emotions. He just Yeah, that's all he did. He he just he would breathe. He would breathe. That was the shit. And imagine being a stormtrooper, just an average stormtrooper, and you hear this coming down the hall. <sighs> You're like, oh, yeah. shit, I might Fuck. die. Yeah. I might die. <laughs> like, I don't know if I did my job right. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe he just needs to make an example. <laughs> you ever try watching it today, though? It's so yeah, corny. It's, it's not. It didn't. But it's still. <laughs> it's only still great because it, it brings back the memory of yeah. how great it was. Yeah. But no, it's not the movie it was then. But, Special but back effects. Then, We'd never seen anything like that. Jump into hyperspace and oh, all that. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. The special effects were terrible. Did you ever see um, Darth Vader with the actor's voice? The actual actor? Yeah. No. Yeah, you can see it on YouTube. <laughs> exactly. Ugh, no. He's not exact. Because, you know, the actor had to do the lines for right. the other actors. Right, that's yeah, funny. Not quite the impact of James Earl Jones. <laughs> James Earl Jones, like, what a voice that guy has. Ving Rhames is the mar- the modern version of that. Yeah. Like, Ving Rhames does a lot of uh, voiceover lot of stuff voiceovers. for the UFC, and you know, he does. Who a lot you of telling? That. You're talking to a guy with a voice who can't get a job because of because Ving Rhames <laughs> and those guys do it. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> and and you know, I lost one to Danny Glover, and I'm like, if I ever meet him, I'm like, man, you got lethal weapon money. 
Stop. You didn't need this. This is a Guinness beer commercial. I needed that. It's competition out there, bro. Nobody's going to lay down for you. Nobody. That's not how it works, especially not in the voiceover game. I got to start punching people in the throat. <laughs> the voiceover game's a weird game, right? There's some dudes like, you know who's an interesting one is uh, the guy from Ray Donovan. Um, fuck's his name? Lave Schreiber. Lave Schreiber. Yeah. yeah. Lave? How do you say it? Lave? Lave? Lave Schreiber? But he's really good at it. He does he a lot is. of the UFC ones for Fox. And um, I can never remember his name, but um, Donald Sutherland. Oh, yeah. Tons. Yeah. Ton. He's the voice of Delta. Is he's he the dead voice, now? He's the voice of Juice. Is he dead uh, now? Donald Sutherland? No. He's, I f- is I it Donald like... Sutherland? Am I saying it right? Is that the right actor? The, the guy with the white hair? The... Donald Sutherland is the guy who was in uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Maybe Still I'm, alive? Yeah, 82. Yeah, 82. Yeah, the same guy. He, did, he just did the Hunger Games movies. He was like the the president in the Hunger Games. That's the guy, right? He's in a movie with Helen Mirren. Yeah. Yeah, that guy, yeah. he does a ton. Whenever I think of him, I think of Invasion of the Body Stangers. Oh! The end, when he became one of the guys. And uh, you, you know who's getting paid? Um, the guy who does the Allstate. You know, there's another one that I could have done. Yeah, that guy. I could have, Dennis Haysworth. I could have done that for a lot less You're money. You're the only one who knows his name. Yeah, a friend of mine used to work <laughs> with him on a series. That's why I know his name. But You can go to any mall and, in America. And he was also... Who's uh, the Allstate guy? He was also in Major League. Yeah, Pedro Serrano. That's how I know him. Yeah, he was Serrano in Major League. Bat and Joe Boo. God, I don't mm-hmm. remember that at all. I barely remember Major League. <laughs> oh, Major League Oh, was yeah, great. that's him. Major League. I that's love that right. movie. That's a f- that was a yeah. fun fucking movie. That That's one of those movies that if you're flicking channels and it's on, I'm watching yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Charlie Sheen, Back Before the Crack. Yep. Wesley Snipes when he was paying taxes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just replaced it in the second one. I tried to act like it wasn't. Omar Epps played the same character in the second movie. Yeah. Really? Too. really? Mm-hmm. They yeah. replaced Wesley? Yeah. Wow. Well, Wesley had a bunch of issues. There was a great Patton Oswalt bit he does about being in Blade 2 and about how they replaced Wesley Snipes halfway in the movie. Like, it's Wesley Snipes. I don't know. Allegedly was, was fucking around with Coke or something. Really? And just was completely off his rocker. You know, it was a weird time for him. Yeah, I, I got a friend who grew up with him. Yeah? I mean, literally, like, Wesley was sleeping on his couch when wow. he got his first American Express commercial, his first acting job. Whoa. Yeah. And uh, and then he got, I forgot what movie. He did some movie. I think it was a fight movie or something like that. And he kind of disappeared. And my buddy's wife, she's always like, you better never Wesley snipe us. Oh, you, know, you better not disappear. You this know. is his first movie. Like a commercial for Western Union. Oh, yeah, it was. Look at that. Commercials. Commercial money was always a big thing, right? Back then, man. If you, got a, if you got a national commercial back then, you got paid. Yeah. Back that up a hair to the, the scene where the pipe was going off. <laughs> God damn. Hilarious. Look at the computer. <laughs> God, look at the computer back then. It's a Western Union. While they're punching numbers into a terminal. Got to get that bail money somehow. That's that's our lifetime. In our lifetime, things have changed so radically. Just stop and think about 30 years before that. It wasn't much different. It was a little different, but not like it is now. Think of our parents' lifetimes. Yeah, exactly. To go from radio, like to have lived from radio to the internet. Yeah. You know, not that my mom will mess with the internet. 
Your mom doesn't fuck with the internet? Nah, we no? tried. Her church started doing the bulletins online, so we gave her a smartphone. Like a few years ago, I gave her one of those, um, what do they call it, the cricket phone? Oh, yeah, where, where it has like four numbers on yeah, it? Yeah, and that's all you do. And Well, they made a smartphone version. It literally has one button that says email, a button that says text, a button that says pictures, and a button that says call. And it's like, Mom, I can't, like, this is the simplest we could do. She wouldn't do it? <laughs> yeah, she won't mess with it. Wow. She won't mess. Man, for a long time, you know, my mom was still like, talk fast, it's long distance. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was like, long don't worry, Mom, distance. I got this. I got long distance money. I ain't rich, but I got long distance money. <laughs> That's right. Remember when, lo- remember when roaming, like you would drive your car an hour Outside of where your coverage area was, and you'd be fucked. If you got AT&T, you still got roaming. <laughs> Man, AT&T, you, they used to just rape me when I traveled. It was ridiculous. Really? Oh, and, and forget, when like when you went to the festival in Montreal, it's like, listen, I'm going to need my pay plus some AT&T money. Because right. I might make a call. <laughs> if you make one call. Yeah, I know a lot of dudes who used their phone overseas and didn't know when they got a $1,000 bill yeah. when they got back home. Yeah. Like $1,000 for phone calls. I know one guy, he did. He used his data. Like, he kept using his phone. Like it was. Be, he had a $3,000 bill when he came back from Montreal. His data was on 24-7 for like eight days. How could they charge you that much? That is just rude. Well, I, they cut it in half or something like that, but it was still, yeah, oh, unreal. They give you a break. Unreal. So yeah. sweet of them. Yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting that competition has sort of erased that whole roaming thing. Like, because more people were jockeying for a share of the market, right. Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, all these different people and players, the Sprint. And they just had to make some concessions for competition. Well, ne- the next big test is going to be a $1,000 iPhone, right? Because if people pay it, then that's what phones are going to cost. Well, isn't that new Samsung Galaxy Note 8, isn't that similarly priced? They're, and that they're both going to be up there. Yeah, they're basically computers. That Note 8 is pretty fucking sweet, man. They're badass, but that's a, that's a big jump. That's basically you're doubling the price of a cell phone. Is it? You know, I mean, yeah. what are the new ones now? I think new ones now are five to six hundred bucks. I don't if think they just, are full if price. If you just buy it, but that's the point. But now you're not going to get that. You know, you know, because it's always been you get the discount if right. you sign up for two years or so that. Yeah. Well, apparently with this one, it's going to be just you got to just buy the phone. They're just getting getting greedy. Yeah. So it's I think it's a test because if if people don't go for it, then they'll be like, oh, well, we got to go back to the old model. And, uh, Would you be willing to pay more money for a phone if you knew that the phone was made by people that got paid a, a living wage? Yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm all about that, man. I'm I'm fine with pe- paying more for something to take care of the employees. That's the uh, best argument for Made in America. You know that Made in America argument is like some people look at it as patriotism or nationalism, and I could see that. But there's also the argument: if it's made in America, then people have to get paid, you know, like at least a minimum wage. You know. Well, you know who said it, and it, and it's been lost, and I think it's one of his great quotes: Henry Ford. Henry Ford said, "Never forget, you have to pay them enough to buy the cars." Ah, that's a smart quote. And they forgot. Henry Ford was a wizard. Yeah. Henry Ford also figured out that you can make fenders out of hemp, and mm-hmm. they're far superior to metal. Yeah. There's an old video. You ever see those, uh, the old video of his first car? No. 
His first car that he made had fenders made out of hemp, and he's banging it with a hammer. And the hammer's just about Hemp is... Forget about whatever anybody feels about marijuana. Fucking stoners are always trying to push it on us. Just hemp itself as a uh, textile, as a, as a commodity. Hemp, when they use hemp to make things out of... Hemp is a very strange fiber. Where if you had a piece of hemp like the size of this water bottle is a large water bottle, right? If you had a piece of hemp that was that thick, it would be hard like oak, but light like balsa wood. It's so fucking it's, weird. It's similar to bamboo or It's similar to bamboo but stronger, much stronger. It's a very very strange it's the impact is 10 times stronger than steel. Mm -hmm. Hemp plastic panels. Now, you go see if you can find the video. It's a crazy video. Yeah, he just because in the video, he's banging on this fucking fender with a hammer. Well, it's a it's crazy just, video because he had an iPhone to make videos in 1910. Ah, God, God, God. probably had a dude on a truck filming this <laughs> with one of those things. Yeah. They probably had to crank it back yeah, then, right? Yeah, he had to crank it, yeah. Yeah, he probably did. Like, that's his car. Actually, pretty dope car if you had that today. Mm. Drive around that bitch. Let everybody know. Look at this. He's w uh. wailing on it with a fucking hammer, and it just bounces off. Mm -hmm. And it's completely sustainable. You can plant it in an area and regenerate it within a year. Whereas if you have the same issue with trees, you try to regenerate an area with trees, it takes decades. So is it, well, I guess it would so it'd be more similar to bamboo than fiberglass. Yes, yeah. more similar to bamboo than fiberglass, but superior to both of those things. It's fucking amazing. It's it, fiberglass cracks and breaks. It's, oh yeah, I know. But it's light like fiberglass, but far stronger. I had a, uh, I had a Corvette that the fender just cracked and broke off. Oh, <laughs> I have a Corvette. I have an older one. Um, you got if, a magnificent one. Yeah, they. Um, who made a car recently out of hemp? Lotus. Lotus made a hemp car really recently, and you know people were hoping that uh, other manufacturers are going to start using this because it's actually safer. It's uh, stronger than fiberglass, safer than fiberglass, and it's like similar in, in terms of its weight. So yeah, so that stripe down the middle is exposed. There's, there's photos where you could see it more clearly, Jamie. Mm -hmm. See if you like um, just – yeah, there it is. So that that is what the actual fiber looks like where it's not – painted and, and, and um, sealed, or it's just sealed, rather, but not uh, colored, so you can see the, the fiber. It's, it's incredible stuff, man, and it doesn't fuck with the environment. It's actually good. It's a cleaner process. So why is it not being used? Because it's connected to marijuana. That's the only reason. It's just publicity. Yeah. Well, bad, it's just which, bad publicity. Up until very recently, hemp was illegal to grow in the United States. Now, I know this for a fact because my company on it, we had to buy all of our hemp from Canada. When we sell hemp protein, which mm -hmm. is one of the best versions of protein that you can get in plant-based form because it has a full amino acid profile, very easy to digest, and if you get high-quality hemp hearts, like the, the stuff that we sell, real easy going down. Like, it doesn't mm -hmm. fuck with you or give you gas. Like, some people have issues with, like, whey protein if they have any sort of uh, lactose intolerance and some people just doesn't doesn't agree with them. Mm -hmm. Hemp is very easy to digest. I mean, I take a hemp protein shake and I'll go to the gym like an hour later and have no issues working out pretty hard. Whereas some stuff, it just so you go, ooh, I fucked up, I fucked up eating. Mm -hmm. But because of all the laws that have been in existence since the 1930s regarding hemp and marijuana, 
that's one thing that a lot of people don't even realize is the laws were actually put in place to stop hemp as a as a commodity, not really to stop marijuana. They stopped marijuana to stop hemp. I mean, it was all done by William Randolph Hearst. Right. The, the, this fucking asshole in the 1930s ruined things in 2017 with propaganda. The, even the term marijuana was never used. Marijuana mm-hmm. was a wild Mexican tobacco. The reason why they used the term marijuana is because they could, instead of saying cannabis, which everybody already knew, instead of saying hemp, which everybody already knew, they said, well, there's this drug called marijuana, and these Mexicans and blacks are smoking this drug and raping all the white women. Yeah, that was literally what they said. Oh, yeah, in the 13, that documentary, they talked about it. Fucking amazing. Same thing with opium and the Chinese from the railroads. Yeah. You know? That, to this day, is why hemp is such a problem in this country. All that bullshit from 1930-something. Is why we're still we still have issues. So with it today. does the hemp protein? Do you get high off of it or no. anything? It doesn't. It's no THC that, whatsoever. Okay. It's mm-hmm. just the fiber from the stalks. Yeah, it's no, not I'm just from curious because of me personally. I'm going to try it. Yeah. Try it. Oh, hemp protein is, is amazing. You mm-hmm. know, but I do have to tell you, like CBDs, which uh, you know are really great for pain and pain medication or mm-hmm. pain to- um, uh, inflammation things along those lines. Some people, like Greg Fitzsimmons, says he gets high off of it. Now, I don't understand that. Mm-hmm. He said he tries that uh, Charlotte's Web CBD oil, which is, is full profile hemp oil. He mm-hmm. says it gets him high. Mm-hmm. But he might be crazy. <laughs> Greg. It's Fitz. Who knows? He's a, he's a silly things, boy. Things react differently to his metabolism. Yeah. But if we were, you know, if we were reasonable and intelligent, we would be making a shitload of things with hemp. The, the fiber is so easy to regenerate. It's so easy to grow. It's totally sustainable. It's healthy. Maybe that will uh, maybe that will change. I'm hoping. You know, maybe that'll change in time. We're yeah. we're slowly slowly waking up and getting rid of those. Um, well, like you said, the propaganda mm-hmm. that created it. You know. Well, another thing I is mean, that you can are, make plastic with it. Yeah. You can make degradable, biodegradable <laughs> hemp plastic. Well, even the weed. I mean, it, you know, people. They we've had legal weed, right? People yeah. aren't running the streets raping. I am. Well, yeah, but Joe, you might have been. I just smoke pot. And I don't even know who I am. I like I wake up. I wake up covered in blood. Yeah. Joe, there's an argument that it wasn't the weed. Yeah, that's what I hear. <laughs> this, this, the idea that you know this is the one that's illegal is so fucking crazy. Right. When you can just go to a liquor store, or just you know, go to a bar, almost anywhere yeah. you look. Yeah. And that, and that's the lobby. I read this crazy article about um, the weed thing in Vegas. Like they made a compromise with the liquor lobby that you had to have a liquor distributor license to distribute the marijuana Mm. to literally take it to the dispensaries and no one got the license so they couldn't deliver it for i mean i'm sure they figured it out but initially like nobody could deliver it yeah the liquor companies were like well why would we deliver it like we don't want to you know we want you to drink well, they were running into a shortage. It was so chaotic when they yeah, first started. Yeah, because they, yeah. they couldn't distribute it anywhere. Yeah. It was crazy. Well, they couldn't keep up with the demand either. It was just so insane. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> no doubt. And and they still have the money issue, right? They still have the issue of uh, the risk of putting it into banks, especially mm-hmm. with Sessions. Yeah. Sessions wanting to be some anti-weed guy. And, that little goofy you know. elf. What a f- weird fucker mm-hmm. that guy is. You know, it's just I like watching Trump shit on him. Yeah. You see him just sort of just swallow it and eat it. You know, in the beginning, he was uh, Trump was real high on him, and then he wouldn't recruit, recluse himself because my, of the uh, uh, investigation of Russia. My favorite joke was when Roy Wood Jr. called Sessions a Confederate monument. 
<laughs> That's a great joke. Yeah, he's he was a guy that was it was Ted Kennedy that was t- calling him a disgrace like back in the 1980s. Oh, this guy was well, he was too racist to be a judge like in the Reagan era. <laughs> You know, and and I mean, literally, like Congress was like, no, like you're yeah. too you're too far gone. And yeah, this guy has a long history of crazy. Yeah. You know, well, he wants to bring back the just say no days. Yeah. Literally said that he wants to bring back the policy of just say no and the war on drugs. Yeah. Like, the war on drugs, throwing people in jail forever. Just and, say no. Like he's still living in the Nancy Reagan days. Yeah. It's amazing. And that was probably progressive for him. You know what I mean? That was that was a lot. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's moved away from the, these, the these are those, far right. He's one of those guys that like he wants it to be 1950. Yeah, that's yeah. his that's his dream. He that's wants when he was it to kicking be ass. 1950. He was in high school back yeah. then, getting all the ladies. Yep. things were good. He wants it to be 1950. There were black people were segregated. There were no Mexicans. <laughs> like Mexicans didn't even didn't even exist in the 1950s. Ricky you know? Ricardo. <laughs> was he the was the only thing one. We had to a Mexican. <laughs> he was the only Latino in America. And the Jets, and the Jets at West Side Story. They Isn't were, that crazy? <laughs> Ricky Ricardo, though, was Cuban. Cubans were completely respectable. Yeah. It's like a man from Spain. Mm-hmm. Like a man from Spain, like coming over to America, would be a Spanish gentleman. Right. You know? It's like there's a difference. Like when people started looking at Mexicans, it, was, mm-hmm. it became this different thing. Well, right? Cuba, Cuba was Vegas. Yeah, you know? it Cuba was. Cuba was Vegas. My dad was around in that era when Cuba was where you went on vacation and gambling. And the mob all that ran stuff. it all. Yeah. That must have been weird times, yeah. huh? Yeah, that had to be crazy, but... They that, still have the cars from back then. Mm-hmm. And they keep them running with anything. Anything. That, that, you know, you talk about engineers. Like, can you imagine if today you still had to keep a 1953 Chevy running with, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Lawn like lower like, engines like you, It's like, oh, you might think you're creative, but here's a 1953 Chevy, half of a boat engine, and a lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> like this this is literally the professor from Gilligan's Island where you just like, <laughs> like, like you you just make shit work. Kids so they don't remember that show. They remember MacGyver. They don't remember yeah. the professor from Gilligan's Island was the original MacGyver. Oh, the professor used to like make machines out of bananas and palm fronds. And <laughs> if they had that show today, everybody would be fucking. Nobody fucked back then. No. Nothing ever happened on TV. Ginger would just always have makeup on and flirt yeah. with everybody. Yeah, she had heels and the dress on all the time. And the, the smart time. people would look at Marianne and go, I don't want that. I want Marianne's the move. That's yeah. the move. You want her. She's like low key. She's probably a freak in bed, but yeah. she's like, shh. Keep it she was probably banging Gilligan. You think so? Yeah. In real yeah, life? Because, no, you figure the professor and the skipper were fighting over Ginger all the time, mm. right? And the Howells had each other. Yeah. So Marianne, she just, you know, slip in and out on Gilligan. What about Skipper? That poor fuck. Skipper just, mm. Bizarre attacks in Havana yeah. hit U.S. spy network in Cuba. What is that? I just typed in, this. I was looking at recent news and this is coming out like yesterday. Attacks on U.S. personnel in Havana. What is this? I don't know. What's happening to them? Spies posted uh, to the embassy under diplomatic cover reported hearing bizarre sounds and experiencing... Oh, this was uh, audio attacks, right? Uh, they, they were hitting him with sound. Oh, shit. Sorry. Wrong button. What happened? Uh, experiencing even stranger physical effects. The United States realized something was wrong. Individuals familiar with the situation said, yeah, they were, they were using some sonic weapon. Mm-hmm. And it started within days of President Donald Trump's surprise election in November. 
Surprise election. Okay. The precise timeline remains unclear, including whether intelligent officer, intelligence officers were the first victims hit or merely the first victims to report it. The U.S. has called the situation ongoing. To date, the Trump administration largely has described the 21 victims. Wow. At the U.S. Embassy personnel or members of the diplomatic community, that description suggested only bona fide diplomats and their family members were struck with no logical motivation beyond disrupting U.S.-Cuban relations. Yeah, it was some sort of a... See, they're not even describing what kind of attack it is. So it was some kind of sonic oh, attack? Scroll down here. The first disturbing reports of piercing high-pitched noises and inexplicable ailments pointed to someone deliberately targeting the U.S. government's intelligence network on a communist-run island and what seems like a bone-chilling escalation of the tit-for-tat spy games the Washington Havana have waged over the last half century. Oh, there's an ad for me in New Year's. Hmm, interesting. Have you ever heard of the brown note? What's that? Uh, it's, I, I was thought that maybe it was getting at this, but it, I don't even know if it's actually real, but it sounds like it's real. It's a sonic note that can be used, supposedly weaponized, to make someone shit themselves. Oh, I did hear about that. <clears throat> and when I was in audio school, I remember we were asking our teacher if, like, you're gonna, if that's a possibility or whatnot, and I don't know if we ever got anywhere well, realistic. Let's, it's let's not test it while I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> How's that sound? You I don't know who, sound that makes I don't you know who your yourself? next guest is. <laughs> mm, <laughs> you wouldn't be able to hear it. Oh, because uh, oh, human hearing be, stops at 20 hertz, be, which is a real, like low bass, and you can barely. You have to have really good hearing to even hear that. So if you do sound test, someone will play that sound, and it'll almost just sound like a pressure. You'll feel like a pressure change in your head. I have a friend whose ears are fucked up. My friend John Dudley, you know John Dudley. His ears are fucked up from guns. Like he shot a lot of guns when he was younger, and he blew his hearing out. But so he has a hard time hearing certain things. But he can hear really deep sounds way better than I can. My hearing is good, mm-hmm. but he he's got like it's almost like you know when someone is blind they can hear better. It's right. almost like that. Like his his hearing is fucked up, but certain notes penetrate that don't get me. Like he can hear like like deep sounds, like an animal grunting. Like and he's like, you hear that? I'm like, no, I don't hear anything. Like you can hear shit that most people can't hear. It's weird. It's very weird. Because most of his sound is fucked up. Yeah. Most- so he just is that brown note real? I, I, that's why I was sort of asking if you'd ever Listen, heard of it. Or I have heard of it. That would be wow, that would be your best and worst podcast ever. The brown note yeah. podcast. <laughs> yeah, a bunch of people driving their cars, just shitting themselves on the train, shitting themselves on. Be oh my god, that was amazing, but I hate it. <laughs> Yeah, imagine you play it in the background of the most amazing podcast ever. Like you have some really cool person in here, really interesting subject. Oh, yeah, I remember Mythbusters tried to do this, and I think oh. they used a really, really big sound system to try to recreate this low frequency because mm-hmm. it's, it's almost impossible to get. And I think they didn't get very far because they don't have that government shit, bro. Well, maybe, Stuff they're using yeah. in Cuba. Maybe that's what's going on. Those people are shitting themselves. They just don't want to say it. That's what I did. I was hoping it would say something like that. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder what the sonic attack is. Like, do they point it at you? You can. They have that. I know for right. sure. The speakers yeah. that can be. They can literally point it at you, like across the street, and mm-hmm. press a button. It's the sound's going right at you and fucking with your ear hearing. Yeah, well, sound is directional, so that absolutely makes sense. Yeah. How weird is that that they're doing? Who's doing that? Must be someone in the Cuban government doesn't yeah. want us over there. It's just to fuck with the. Uh just to fuck with the diplomats. The Yankee spies. Like they said, that is something that's always going on, though. Just little games they play with yeah. each other. Yeah, this says they couldn't even, in Cuba, they couldn't even hear them. 
They just weren't, and they weren't even aware of an attack. Just later, they had symptoms. Oh, wow. Probably hell of a headache, I would imagine. Yeah. How str- Boy, imagine if that gets in the wrong hands. What if that becomes like, uh, you know, technology gets into the hands of regular people eventually, mm-hmm. like tasers and shit. You just go buy a taser. Imagine you could buy some sound shit and just point at your neighbor while he's mowing the lawn. Just- Art, do you know if EMP, is an EMP a real threat to like America or whatever, like a Matrix style EMP wipes out all of the electronics? Well, the real issue area. with it is uh, natural solar blasts, mm-hmm. any sort of solar flare. I mean, there's, there's, there's a massive potential for solar interrupting interruption of our entire power grid like some massive solar flare happens and just cooks all of our satellites the entire power grid we have to start from scratch we're down no power for months the the emp whoa we're in puerto rico yeah the emp is real but i think you have to create so much power to have one that big i think that's that's the limiting factor on it i had a a guy in here peter schiff was here what is this davis the sun brought darkness. Ooh. In Quebec, there was a blackout caused by a solar flare. And like That was in the 90s? 89, it says. Ah, okay. The entire province of Quebec, Canada, suffered an electrical power blackout. Hundreds of blackouts occurred in some parts of North America every year. The Quebec blackout was different because this one was caused by a solar storm. Yeah. Apparently, like what, we're, what we've tracked so far in terms of like solar activity is just a, a, a tiny fraction of what the sun is capable right. of. Mm-hmm. Ca- the sun is capable of some pretty wild variations, and if those wild variations, if it hits like a, a real odd end, it could just fuck our entire system up. Well, we're at the mercy of nature. Always. You know, no matter how big our egos get over our creations, what we build, nature is like, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll wipe that shit out in a minute. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, there's nothing. I used to do a joke about that. Like, oh, look at my beach house. Whoosh. Beach houses are ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I stayed at one for a while, and at nighttime, it reveals itself. Yeah. In the daytime, it looks beautiful. Look at all that beautiful blue water. It's amazing. It's so pretty. Look at, at the night, seagulls. The, the ocean. It's a, at night, it is a black monster. <laughs> it's like space. It's a dark monster, because you don't see anything, and you realize, like, oh, that is fucking quadrillions of gallons of water that could just swallow up the entire city tons of weight and pressure just like this you know it's like snow snow is the same way you know it's shut everything down just a a major snowfall but you don't live next to snow that's the fucked up thing about living next to the ocean is you're literally on the edge but you can live in one of those places that gets hit with you know 10 feet of snow 12 feet of snow and you're screwed yeah, but you could see that shit coming and get out of Dodge. But we don't. No. <laughs> you know, but we the don't. water we're, thing we're is just, crazy because all just, those rich people live on the edge. Yeah. That's the same thing with earthquakes. Right? I told my mom a long time ago, like, she'd be, are you okay? I said, Mom, let's hope one day I make enough money to live somewhere I have to worry about, you know, fires. <laughs> or you know, you know what I mean? Like, I live in right. a valley. I'm fine. Yeah. Like, I wish I wish I had to worry about fires. But Do you no, keep water? There's no brush clearing. A little bit. No, I don't have a full kit. I have a, a Red Cross kit and a couple of gallons of water, but um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to expand on that. I have some food, some freeze-dried food. You know, a guy who went through Katrina told me cash. Cash? He said, keep cash in the house. He said, after Katrina, milk was $100 a gallon. A hundred? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, he said, you got to keep a large sum of cash in the house. As part of your disaster kit. Something I never would have thought of. But you said, yeah, if there's a disaster, 
the price of everything goes up and cash is the only currency. Like you can't use credit cards if there's no electricity. Wasn't there an issue in Houston where people getting arrested for price gouging on water? And oh, yeah. Like yeah, they were charging, I don't know, what was it, 90 bucks a case, <laughs> I think, for water and $100 a gallon for gas or something. <sighs> human nature (laughs) what what are you gonna do with us (laughs) i wish we could wrap this up on a a nice note but i gotta gotta end this all right anything good to say to people uh yeah yeah be be nice to be nice to people you know you know what bothers (laughs) no seriously it's this is a little thing but you know what bothers me don't if you're in the elevator don't hit the door close button yeah that's just the asshole button it's just an asshole there's no time that door closed that's an asshole move people like it though they like to press that button and see someone almost held it hold it oh you went away (laughs) that that's how that's how i'm changing the world joe that's how i'm changing listen i can't solve gun violence i can't i can't help with the football protests or anything but if you can just not press the door close button it's a start but there are some <laughs> dumb motherfuckers with like four kids when the elevator's completely packed like hold the door hold yeah. the door like no. where are you going no you, you where know. are you going where are you going and it, and if your kid presses every button on the elevator and he accidentally takes one to the head we can't be held responsible. I'm not, see, see, I'm not saying that. His head is elbow height. We're just moving. I'm not saying that. He got in the way I'm of just movement. saying stay away from the door close button. Don't press that door close button, ladies and gentlemen. That's a strong <laughs> advice from Alonzo Bowden. It's the wings of a butterfly that eventually exactly. become a hurricane. It's exactly. You letting someone in that elevator might change the course of history. Think about it. It's like when Peter Parker let that burglar pass by and it killed his Uncle Ben. Boom. And they turned him into Spider-Man. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Strong words. I like it. Lonzo <laughs> Bowden, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, Joe. Thank you, brother. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in, you motherfuckers. Thanks to Squarespace. Get yourself a fucking bitchin' website, ladies and gentlemen. For real. Get off your ass. Do it. It's simple. It's easy. Anyone can do it. Even me. Turn your idea into a badass website with Squarespace. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code Joe to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Thank you also to stamps.com. Never go to that fucking post office again. Go to stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in J-R-E. That's stamps.com. Enter J-R-E and never go to the post office again. And thank you each and every episode to On It. Go to O-N-N-I-T. Use the code word Rogan and save 10% off any and all supplements. All right, friends. That's it for today. We'll see you soon. Bye.